Greetings, everyone, and welcome to The Stacks. This is Jay. Don't you understand? It's different because it's Shanna. Except it's not because it's been Shanna for the last several <laughs> weeks. Um, more than several, hasn't it? Uh... Depends on what you're referring to. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. what am I referring to? I don't know. I just picked a name and then threw my name. I picked a line and then threw my name in front of it. There was no thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, so w- first movie this week, we're talking about 1976's Logan's Run, directed by Michael Anderson. Love this movie. This is like, as I was watching this, I was like, holy shit, they had video game movies before they had video games. Basically, yeah, because like you know, you you have all the different dungeons, the all, yeah, all the cool the different sewer areas. level, the ice level, uh, the old man who tells you what's up, but well, uh, not quite. <laughs> it, yeah, like at, at the end, it becomes mist. Uh, it, it's a, uh, I I love this movie. It's sort of become this weird, uh, kind of goofy cultural artifact. I feel like it, it's not super well respected now it, it you know it it has its fans but it's sort of seen as just silly but i think it's pretty great i think it's good because like i understand why it would be looked at as silly because for example you'd never find out how this utopia came to be or why it's like this or why they do it this way you'd never find out nobody in the universe seems to know at this point and i kind of like that and there's a whole Me bunch of too. stuff that just doesn't get explained. Like, where yeah. did they get their food or anything? What kind of government did they actually have? I don't know. Well, they don't. I and, and I think that's sort of the point, is they don't really have any of those things. They just have a system. They have a computer. They're born in these labs, and then they live out their variety of years in hedonism, and then they die. And they have no history. So no one really knows what what is going on at all, because the computer runs all of society. Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, the only time he's receiving any kind of instructions of any kind is from the computer. And it doesn't seem like anyone answers to anyone. So, yeah, it's it's the computer. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like that nothing ends up being explained because no one knows. Like, it, it's mm-hmm. just been lost. Uh, there, there, there's some connection lost in history. And uh, just what actually happened has been... Uh, lost over the various different periods of history collapse which i think is a little more realistic than all of the like the matrix where all of it is meticulously recorded in their little city in the caves or whatever it's like oh yeah well we know all about the machine war somehow i I mean i that's because it's part of the machine system like they are all part like I, having rewatched all of those movies a couple times over the pandemic, I, I do know why it's extremely complicated. And it's all these double blinds of, you know, it's okay. all a, a thing by the machine. So it it does make sense, but it's only because it it's so uh, convoluted and folded in on itself, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, well, talking about video games, there's this one game I'm playing right now that is like, Boros huge from Logan's Run. It's called Xenoblade Chronicles 3, where uh, mm-hmm. they're all uh, kids who come out of these pods at the age of 10, and they're all like child soldiers who do battle until the age of 20, in which case they die of old age. And mm-hmm. they've all got like these marks on them that you can see how old they are just from the marks. Right, um, yeah. And it's all... they 
but their uh, computer thing is in their eyeball instead of their hand, so that makes it completely different. <laughs> it, it's basically the same deal. I, I do think this movie is extremely influential, like oh, much sure. more much more than people give it credit for because it's not very well liked. Uh, but like this was state of the art science fiction just before Star Wars and Star Wars kind of flipped the table on it. And this kind of looks goofy now, but it was it, it looks silly, but it has some thought behind it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I guess. This is sci-fi pre-Star right before Star Wars. Just before. And my God, the sets. How great are the sets? Oh, those are like, man, the sets of the, mm, the, uh, the of model them. of the city. I, I have so much notes about the set specifically because it's my favorite thing about the movie. And there's a lot that I like about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, notably, when this series came out, Marvel Comics did a comic book tie-in series. That, oh, really? Like it recapped the movies and then it sort of expanded on it and introduced other characters. It's weird as balls. I have read it. I oh, think nice. Thanos appears in an issue. Of it. <laughs> uh, but like because I, I was sort of vaguely aware of the name, I always sort of thought it was somehow related to Wolverine as a kid because he's Logan oh. five, uh, which I think is Wolverine's designation when he's in the Weapon X project. Oh, shit. Probably, you know, directly influenced the, by this because obviously Marvel was associated with it too. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe the baby that we see in the beginning grows up to become Wolverine. Hell um, yeah! And he, but he has to grow out of all of his Loganisms. Like it's all about me. <laughs> I, I, I love our bad protagonist in this. I really He's do. Terrible. <laughs> He's he's so proudly bad as as being a protagonist, and he, he's just like he so he has dumb. no self awareness, zero self awareness. So he's like trying to go undercover, but he like literally doesn't know what undercover means. He has no clue, and and he although I guess that wouldn't be a thing in this world. Well, yeah, that that's sort of the thing that it's the wizard did it of this movie is that. History doesn't exist and morality doesn't exist and they don't read books. So, like, they're all just kind of it's just live your life the way you want to live. And, you know, there's no crime because everybody is just happy and having lots of sex and there's just nothing. uh, There's no want. But the catch is you uh, you go into Willy Wonka's mass execution site at the age of 30. And the other catch is there's no cats. Yeah, well, there's no anything. There, there's yeah. no animals. There's only people. Uh, Actually, and, yeah, we don't see anyone do anything other than fuck or chase runners. It's pretty much it. And like they, they go to watch the things. Uh, like clearly, there's an underground resistance. Uh, but like, I, I there, there are uh, plastic surgery workshops. There's a huge. Oh yeah. There, there's the sex uh, dungeon place. Which was supposed to be a much bigger sequence. Shop. That sequence was big enough, if you ask me. (laughs) There's a lot going on in there. I I listened to the director's comments that he he, uh, always felt hurt that uh, a big portion of that was cut out and censored. uh, Because there was more. It was like a whole synchronized sex sequence. (laughs) Oh, interesting. Which brings my mind to the apple which is another thing that was heavily heavily influenced by this especially aesthetically mm, oh yeah yeah 
all, all the mirrory stuff. Uh, they, mm. they they do a lot of that there too. So it's the year twenty two seventy four, and the last survivors of uh, the narrator says war, overpopulation, pollution, just kind of like the whole checklist, right? Yeah, you know it's. Uh, it's not any one bit. thing. It's just you know society fucking fell apart because we screwed it up. <laughs> yeah, which we're we're on track for this apocalypse. We don't know exactly when the apocalypse happened, but I'd say we're on track. It seems like it's been a while. <laughs> uh, well, if we assume that there's only ever one Logan and that they all made it to old age, then it's been at least 150 to 180 years, maybe more. Well, yeah, so he is definitely Logan number five, right? So he's like the oh, I thought he was six. Okay. Oh, no, no, you're right. Yeah, I'm sorry. So they, they live in this sealed city, which is perfectly balanced, because life ends at 30 in the fiery ritual of carousel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Willy Wonka's Cirque du Soleil bobsled execution uh, festival. It's it's like it's it's a spectator event, but like they they're basically in a bug zapper and under uh, an upside down anti gravity blender. It's fucked up, but it's really interesting. So uh, the the opening sequence, we just get all of these beautiful miniatures. First of the domed city exterior, which is pretty oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. It looks very fake, but it's just a cool miniature. Like it's it, it's much in the same uh, feeling as like Yongari. Oh yeah, actually, it it is a lot like that. I think, I think the Yongari miniatures overall looked better, but they also had to fall apart. These ones don't. Yeah, this I, like the interiors. I think are really amazing. The the inside oh, they super utopia. Are. Absolutely. It reminds me of like classic uh, pre-production designs of Disney World. Or you know that that meme where it's like the world without this and it's got like that whole like utopian future city yeah it's, it's like it's it's like one that. of those it, yeah. it's very retro futuristic uh it's it's like disney world you got the monorails you got all of these pyramid shaped buildings there's lots of aquaculture just lakes and green space it also kind of reminds me of las vegas like just mm -hmm. the, the buildings look like las vegas hotels some of them but like clean and climate controlled outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, like uh, you know, combine Vegas with Starfleet headquarters. Mm, yeah, there we go. So we we start inside with the nursery, the baby nursery, babies with crystals in their palms, and we zoom out to meet our protagonist, Logan Five, played by Michael York. I. I I was going to say hero, but I don't know if he makes anything better and he doesn't really try to. I don't know. I would say he kind of does. Well, he breaks society he so breaks as to it. remake it. Like he he ends the tyranny of the life clocks. He does do that. Yes, this is true. Um, kind of by accident. <laughs> Somewhat. Like I, I, at a certain point, he knows that he needs to put a stop to it he just is surprised by the how it how quickly it works out in his favor i guess like it just kind of all falls it apart as soon really, as he uh, yeah <laughs> it, we'll get to that <laughs> we'll get to it it's, i thought it was fun 
but it, it is sort of interesting that he is introduced waving to what I guess is supposed to be his baby. Yeah, Logan Six, I believe. Yeah, and and, and that's not a thing here. So it's it sort of introduces him as more sentimental than the average person, which is yeah, which is interesting because <laughs> this is the first thing we see, so we don't know that this is weird to them. It's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, dude, looking at his baby. This is a normal thing that people do, and everyone's like, dude, why are you looking at your own baby? That's gross. You're a weirdo hanging out in the nursery. You're an adult. Uh, and like, let me guess, do you know who the mom is? No, I don't. <laughs> Good. Well, yeah. So the other guard, uh, who is sort of our resident asshole for the whole movie, Francis Seven, he rolls oh, up. He he's was like, the seven. Okay. Yeah. So he rolls up. He's like, whatever, dude. It's not even yours anymore. And he slams on the glass with his gun butt, just like <laughs> just to <laughs> if you want the baby, the baby to look at you, just do this. Just set off all the alarms. The babies all scream, the alarms go off, and they have to identify themselves as Sandmen. Interesting name. I never really quite figured out why they're called that. uh, I I guess because they put you to sleep. They put you to sleep. I mean, they don't consider it killing. They don't consider it killing, even though they are definitely killing. I mean, they kind of turn into mud when they disintegrate. Oh, yeah, the special oh, effects. That was like, pretty good. I like that's that. That's like some Evil Dead shit right there. I love mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. But we're getting ahead of uh, – I'm going to so, be getting ahead of myself a lot here. I love this movie. Yeah, it, it's so much fun. So what? another thing that I really love is they travel by rail tube. They have these tube cars. Oh, yeah, like these little two-person cars. You just – one comes along, you just get into it, It's and it's your car until you get to where you're going. Yeah. Uh, and everyone except our main guys, the, the first two here that we meet, wear these light, diaphanous, color-coded summer wear all the time. Yep. Yeah, uh, color-coded by your age, I believe, is what it is. Yes. Yeah. So there's green, red, and yellow, I think. Yeah, presumably uh, like like 0 to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 30. Something I, I don't know how they divide it up. I believe yellow's the youngest, then green, then red. Yeah. Uh, with like green is, I think sixteen to twenty-two or something or around there. Like uh, we know that Logan is red, but he's got four years left, and that will come up. <laughs> <laughs> that will absolutely come up. <laughs> I, I, it's it's not really clear how old Francis is. It, no, it doesn't really actually, seem to concern him. Because he, he never takes off his uniform. No. Uh, so the Sandmen have their own uniform. They don't have to wear their age, color, coded, what do you call it? Right. They, they're scary. They wear black and gray police uniforms. Like, almost like S, if the SS got real lazy with their uniform designs and they lost the Hugo Boss contract they they do still like they, they kind of look like track wear uh in terms of police uniforms they're they're very uh, i don't know like they, well, they it's, feel... it's a black sweatshirt with a gray stripe across that's all right. it is yeah uh like again it feels like summer wear it's it's something that you can run in it's it's not yeah. like a menacing uniform but no, it no. really stands out in like how color coded and light and uh, frilly everyone else's clothing is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they're all wearing togas and stuff. These are shirts yeah. and pants. 
Uh, I, I also love how most of the buildings have this shiny rainbow effect on them, like a mm-hmm. hollow silver thing, mm-hmm. like a hologram style. Uh, so he's he's out walking, talking to Francis, and Francis is like, oh, so there's you know uh, there's going to be a couple Sandmen in Carousel tonight. And they're like, oh, cool, we'll have to go cheer for them. And <laughs> like, oh yeah, great, interesting. The idea. Idea is if you survive Willy Wonka's giant bug zapper, you supposedly, I don't know how it is if you just get to keep living or you get reborn. It's not really clear what happens because it never happens to anyone. It's the ritual of renewal. And yeah, I, I don't know exactly what you're supposed to, what is supposed to happen in it. But yeah, I like, I, I guess the idea is that it's supposed to maybe you reappear somewhere else they or maybe. they think that's what's what's supposed to happen like a reincarnation like, kind of thing yeah because i don't sort think of. i don't think anyone is aware that they're watching people die when they're cheering on carousel i think they're watching them ascend into you know a, a different plane i guess or to renew potentially somewhere else or maybe as one of the babies i don't know they don't really talk about it. At, they at don't any point. talk about it, and when anybody, whenever anyone does talk about it, they all have like these rote, rehearsed things that they probably had to memorize since they were children. Like the one-to-one rule: every time you have a kid, you have to get rid of a person just to make sure the population stays stable, except for rebirth. Which is probably accurate, more or less, because this is a computer-controlled, hermetically sealed community that is at its maximum and is run exclusively by a computer and not by any of the people. And they only live to 30, so a lot of them are not building up that much of a philosophy. There's clearly no books or anything sitting around. I don't even know where they get their food from or what they eat. Probably the computers. We know they're completely vegan. We we learn that later on. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, the interior, the arcade... Uh, we, we have lots of angles, mirrors, uh, all of the surfaces are tilted with neon on it, uh, we, lots of escalators. It's just a, a super mall core aesthetic to this movie. Like it, It's like West Edmonton Mall as a future utopia, 70s West Ed as a utopia. <laughs> all these like decorations of basically larger versions of the jewel that's in everybody's hand. Right. There, there's the big rotating uh, silver metal one, like right in the, the center of town. What, what I keep thinking of as the center of the mall uh, <laughs> when I was watching the movie. Uh, and it's just like a, a big rotating red gem in the center of it. <laughs> yeah, like right where it'd be it'd be right above the food court. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also really love all the silly futury aphorisms they have because like they they say things that really heightened futury ways that just sound ridiculous like <laughs> uh francis to uh logan here when when they're heading to carousel it's like you sound like a sleep teacher with a stuck tape <laughs> what the fuck does that mean <laughs> uh it's like uh something what i it's it's clearly a patterned version, like a futury version of an aphorism that exists, but I can't quite... Like a broken record, maybe? Like a broken record, exactly. Yeah. 
sound like a broken record but that doesn't exist so yeah a sleep teacher because like you learn by the computer talking to you in your sleep like hank and dean venture oh yeah right i mean that's sort of how you discover (laughs) what what actually builds this world is just by little weird things that are said in the yeah that's true yeah nobody we don't have a morpheus who comes out and explains the whole thing Right. I, I, one thing I really admire about this movie is that it doesn't really do much exposition. You kind of just learn as you go, just as the characters are, because none of them really know much about anything, especially yeah. the main character. Especially Logan. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to Carousel, which is this huge arena, and it's got this red glowing uh, mount, this rose crystal uh, right in the center, and then like just you know bleacher seats all the way up it, it kind of made me think of like a planetarium or mm-hmm. or like an operating theater like uh, yeah right right in between the two yeah and like uh, a, a, a the the computer i think says this is the time of renewal i love the computer voice of this it's so right. soothing and smooth and calm like and, it, uh, if, if it weren't for no cats, I'd probably listen to this computer. But there are cats outside. Uh, oh, yeah, and... outside, but the computer doesn't want me going there. <laughs> but, like, uh, uh, unless you're Logan, the computer did want Logan to go there. Well, for a reason. Yeah. Well, well like, in terms of just the 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 tone of it and, and the way the computer is soothing and just how lush the decor inside is even though like it's it's corny it's very mall designed it's so inviting actually you know what yeah i could totally see the computer saying and make sure you check out the two for one sale at sport (laughs) afterwards enjoy a nice new york fries in the food court then check out willy wonka's giant flying bug zapper but it, it like it does kind of feel like it, it is a weirdly attractive dystopia because it mm-hmm. is very pleasant. Everyone's happy. Everyone looks good. Everyone's fit and young. <laughs> Nobody seems bothered by the fact that they're going to no. die at 30. They're all pretty jazzed about it. <laughs> I guess because, you know, they're talked to in their sleep and told to like it. Oh, yes. Yes. You enjoy dying at 30. 31 is too old you do not want to be a boomer so the pledges or whatever the 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 people who are being zapped you know the the 30 year olds yeah so first i thought this was going to be a somber religious ceremony how they because of how they all come out (laughs) in their white robes (laughs) right they have these white cloaks with skull face masks and they they all like join join hands surrounding the ruby rose in the center yeah and i'm like oh man this is gonna be like a somber like last rites funeral thing and they hold up all their palms to show the blinking red crystals and everybody looks up to a disco ball (laughs) Yep, (laughs) disco ball in the sky or on the ceiling i guess and it generates this force field around all of them and they drop their robes to reveal (laughs) (laughs) go ahead you you can do it it's so good just 
the, these white body stockings, the bottom is red flame, which is maybe my favorite design in the whole movie. It's like you likened it to a in our chat. You mentioned you described it like a like a bobsled uniform. It's a I'm lot like a bobsled outfit. The Team Canada bobsled outfit, but for Halloween because they have the skull masks. Because they have the skull masks, yeah. And then they swim into the sky one by one. They start to raise and swim. Then they explode. <laughs> well, they they get up, and the closer they get to the disco ball, it fucking disintegrates them like a buzz bug zapper it, it's, it's exactly like a bug zapper just like the shower of sparks and they then they're yeah. just gone uh, and i i'm pretty sure one of the prequels one of, one of the star wars prequels has a sequence that very closely echoes this uh that like george lucas I think ripped off. <laughs> oh, probably. Like, it, it, it's not a zapper, but like there's this big globe thing where you have people dancing in the middle of it. That's sort of like this without the death. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, the, the whole audience, all these young fit people are pumping their fists and grinning, chanting, renew, renew, renew. <laughs> and suddenly this somber funeral thing turns into like an episode of, like the not the price is right what's one of those like nickelodeon child shows you know the ones where they climb oh this yeah yeah big giant fake mountain oh sure like uh uh double dare yeah or or like takeshi's castle or something yeah it feels or, like a sporting event basically. yeah this probably and, is the only entertainment they get well, I, I don't know, because there's a lot of sex entertainment. and Oh, they, yeah, there's teleportation Tinder. And it's kind of not clear how this society works, because you have all these, like, sex gases and stuff. There's a lot of gases that do different things. Mm -hmm. uh, the decor is just crazy, so, I mean, someone's making that stuff. Yeah, I, mean, like, I guess. <laughs> like, if you're someone who likes to design the, the craziest couch anyone has ever seen, you're doing that because you see it later on. <laughs> I don't know if I want that couch in my house or not. I'm like, that thing looks so cool, but would it be good to sit on or lie would on it, or do anything? It would probably be great for cats, honestly, which is such an irony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so oh, yeah, cats would love it. Yeah. So so Logan gets a runner alert while he's in the stands and he leaves and Francis follows him. Uh, I, I really love them out in the mall alone. It's a really liminal aesthetic. It, 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 it does feel like a mall chase scene from like Commando or something. Or, or like a uh, uh, chopping mall. Like it's, it's a very. Oh, chopping mall. <laughs> Nighttime at the mall feel you've got the stucco, the ferns, the brickwork, brown tiles. Like you really notice how much of a mall it looks like when it's just the two of them out there at night. Yeah, yeah. So and they corner the guy really quickly. Logan is a terrible shot. I, <laughs> I, I think I, they're toying with him. I wasn't sure at first. Uh, I went back and forth from toying to being a terrible shot to not wanting to do a kill but it could be a bit of all three yeah yeah uh but francis just when they finally get to him francis just blam no no they don't shoot this guy oh no uh this guy had to, they they don't shoot they they make him fall to his death oh so, right like 
they're, they're just shooting around him and having fun going run runner oh yeah that's right no, they, <laughs> they are doing the now dance thing yeah yeah and and the guy parkours up to the next floor and like the the two of them chase around and they like have him up at a, against a railing and they're just shooting around him and he falls over like he he go you know classic railing death he falls oh, yes. and yeah. hits the floor so a couple important things is they scan and they find that he recently had a face change and this is important because we learned that they do face changes here <laughs> that's just yes, a thing that it's we, a it's a big industry because there's because yeah. it's face change it happened at face change 487 uh, 487 so there's at least 487 yep. of these face change places well, like, again, to this being a mall, right? Like, they have all these franchises that there's a bunch of them in different spots throughout the mall. <laughs> he went to Face Change 487 and New York <laughs> Fries number 382. Yeah. And Logan notably takes an onk off the corpse. And it looked like at the time he was looting the corpse, but I guess this is a thing they have to do because they don't really keep the corpse around. <laughs> yeah um yeah this is more like I, I think this is more like turning in contraband that they find from the runners it definitely Cause, is because we we do yeah. see him turn it in later yeah but we get the awesome melting sequence well first a notable thing that francis says here and this is a thing that the the sandmen echo all the time francis is like he could have renewed on carousel now he's gone forever why do they run? Yeah, they're always asking that. Like, why do they run? Why do they run? They don't get it. It's a yeah, total that's... mystery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, then the airlift janitors come in on their hover oh, platforms. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and they just, like, hover over the body and it sprays just this little spritz of foam over it. Oh, that's what does the dis- disintegration. Yeah. That's right. It just like turns into brown goo, disappears. Yeah, and, and it's really cool, like a like a proto Evil Dead effect. It's very good. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, because uh, it's just gross enough, but it's not like grotesque. Like he doesn't turn. You, you don't see a skeleton or or no. Uh, it's just body. Like kind of like if you melt styrofoam. Yeah, they they which just is turn probably what it is. It, it is most definitely just styrofoam that they melted. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to Logan's apartment, and oh my god, this Holy place. shit, okay, yeah, so so there must be artists somewhere in this right. universe, or in this right. city, because, oh my <laughs> god, the furniture that this guy has. So there's the white cube ceiling, and it's just like, just cubes all over the place, like in angles, like there there's a lot of angles. I didn't even notice those because I was distracted by everything else. The blue walls, the mirrory silver cylinders that are all over the place. Yeah, the silver cylinders that look like – I thought they were uh, like the circular things that – I thought they were fans at first but the, or lights, but I, I still don't know. I think they're just decor. And the couch. Oh, my God. The staircase The couch is couch. amazing. It, it's like a, a brown leather hill. <laughs> you know what it looked like most to me? The fire spring in Earthbound, where you fight the diamond dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, you've got to climb up to the top of that thing to fight the, the carbon dog and the diamond dog to yeah, get to the last right. ghost sanctuary. 
Yep. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just tons of mirrors, all the tilted lighted surfaces with like neon appointments. Mm-hmm. Absolutely incredible. And he's just like lounging there in his black robe, uh, drinking some brightly colored liquid out of a test tube. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they don't have glasses. They just have test tubes now. <laughs> That's uh, something I see in a lot of like 70s sci-fi, particularly. Everybody's drinking out of test tubes. That seems weird because you can't yeah. really set them down. Yeah, and I don't know where they thought they were. Like, I, I think these ones have a flat bottom, but they're always like that long, thin style. And it's like, why did people think that was where things were going? I don't get that. You'd have to, like, pour every drink into a funnel just to get it in there. Yeah, it sucks. So he opens up his <laughs> teledating device. So the while we're on the topic of Earthbound, as he was, like, getting the, the screen or at least I thought it was a screen at first, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to focus, it looks like an Earthbound background, like a... Oh, yeah, like the, the battle sequences. Yeah, or like, you cannot comprehend the true form of Gygus's attack. Yeah, yeah. I, and it could not uh, understand the, uh, the meaning of his initial request, so it sends him this shirtless dude first. <laughs> yep, nope, swipe left, or like, no, right, whichever no. the bad one is. Right, yeah. And then next up, we get our other main character, Jessica, uh, played by Jenny Agater, who's great. She's good. Um, I like her because she's like she enforces consent here. And, mm-hmm. and every time they're about to have sex, it's like, you know, like even when they're even when they're like into each other later on, she's like, you know, I still have the right to say no. I'm not going to yeah. this time, but I can. Yeah. And I, I also appreciate that as dim as he is. He is totally willing to be. It's like, oh, okay. I mean, I don't get it, but okay. <laughs> yeah, he, he like, never forces himself on her. Right. He does try to convince time. her, but but yeah, not because like, he's not you know, gross. Right. They they he he brings her over to Couch Hill, and and they're sitting <laughs> down, <laughs> and like he notices her onk necklace. And she's like, I, I shouldn't even be here. I don't I don't want to be here. And he like tries to embrace her and she says, please, no. And it, I his reaction is like, please, no. And, but you know, in, in the you put yourself in the network. Yeah. I know, but I swiped right by mistake. I meant to swipe left. You know how it is. In in the subtitles, I, I really love it. Please, no scoffs. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Like, please, no. Are you kidding me? And it's like, well, it's like, oh, you prefer women? He's like, no. It's like, I, well, I don't understand. Because <laughs> like, I I would guess even the idea of uh this someone having a wrong connection is like, really? I I don't even. This is unheard of. <laughs> it's like. Here I am willing to have sex and you're not? I don't get it. So she says that she put herself on the circuit because she felt sad. And yeah, okay. she doesn't really want to elaborate yet. And she calls him a killer and it really offends him. Even though like we saw him kill a dude like an hour ago and he was having fun and laughing at it. <laughs> yeah, but his exact words are so good. He's like, I don't kill people. I've never killed anyone in my life. I terminate. 
Let's yeah. go have sex. Yeah, he's like, I've never killed anyone in my life. Sandmen terminate runners. So the news speak says I haven't killed anyone. Yeah, but I just love that he transitions immediately, yeah, immediately. into let's have, sex. let's have sex. Yeah, he's like, I, I don't understand your your objections. This this seems silly to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she does elaborate that she's mourning a friend uh, who was on carousel that night, and she is not fooled by the carousel thing like most people seem to be. She gets that it's a bug zapper and that they're just being fucking disintegrated. Yeah. And she is pretty clear that she doesn't like him because he's a Sandman and he doesn't understand that. And she's like, why is it wrong to run? And he's just like, whoa, you shouldn't be asking shit like that. He like he doesn't have any answer to it. He's like, well, what are you? Why are you even worried about that? You're a green. You have years. You've got so much time. Who cares? It doesn't <laughs> affect you. It, it only a, matters when it affects you, as I will demonstrate later. Very clearly. yeah. Th- this is absolutely his philosophy. So I get his response here. He's like, you're a green six. What does it matter? You're Because I, I guess she would be 22. Because I think yeah. green six, that would be six year of green. And that starts at 16. I, I guess. Yeah. And then Francis rolls in with two laughing blondes and she storms out of there. <laughs> so what I love is that. She went into like the teleportation circuit and then she went out the front door. She's got no idea where she is. I guess not. But that never comes up. I guess it also doesn't matter. She's like, I just need to be out of here. Screw you. I mean, to be fair, I would too. It's like, I'll figure out what happens next later. And there's convenient monorails to get around everywhere. True enough. You could probably just go in and be like, take me to my house, wherever it is. Uh, But like, yeah, I mean, uh, Logan is not really all that perturbed. Francis, like, he he throws up this pink smoke grenade in the air, and it pops, and oh, he yeah. goes, let's fade out! And they all giggle and frolic as, like, the room fills with pink, <laughs> pink mist. Which I guess uh, who, who is, like, an aphrodisiac what... thing. Yeah. Presumably. Very brave new world. Oh, yeah. Uh, so next day, Sandman HQ. Very menacing building, especially in comparison to everything else around it. Mm-hmm. It's like the only square, concrete, brutalist building in existence. Just everything around it's green space and lakes. <laughs> and, and like the inside is all like dark and black metal, like like the inside I, of the Death Star. I kind of love the inside. And, and I love just... When you get your opening shot of it, the the steps are just swarming with these guys in black and gray and Mm -hmm. only guys in black and gray. Yeah. So uh, on their way in, they run into an associate who lost a runner because he's all badly cut up on one arm. He ran into some cubs. Dun, dun, dun. So we, we need to be worried about cubs. And he's he's off to new you for repairs. Oh, yeah, I guess that's also the, yeah, the, the face place also has healing lasers. I mean, yeah, it's just, it, it, they, they could do all sorts of stuff with these lasers. They're, they're very precise. And Logan is suspicious about New You, especially that number 487, because, you know, that guy got the face changed the day before. Something's kind of weird about that. Yeah, why would you get your face changed right before you're running? Yeah. I mean... So that nobody can recognize you, obviously. Right. But, but I, I guess that they would do one for someone who's on their last day that, like, that's obviously them doing that that's... for someone to run. 
that might Good be like point. against regulation and yeah. they just never mention it this That's is true. based that on a sense. book as i understand they're oh, making okay, okay. more detail there so yeah the interior of sandman hq mostly black you got the teal and neon appointments all over the place mm-hmm. banks of computers and all these switches multicolored lights i really love like the the main room when you're you're walking up to the computer and you have like those three different colored lights over the top of the oh the, the, the big square lights mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah the like the red the orange and i, I think, think it was green maybe a purple yeah maybe purple. a green and in the the main room there's the main screen where it's like this pac-man maze that they can track runners on <laughs> they're like watching somebody tracking one down right now it's like hey check it out someone's uh chasing this dude yeah and so francis has gone to check in while logan is watching the pac-man and we see the blip terminate and we hear that again why do they run <laughs> everyone's <laughs> shaking their heads yeah so francis comes back out and he's like i'm heading to the hydro toner I'm like, what is a hydro toner and we'll get back to that uh as well <laughs> logan goes to check in yeah so he dumps all the shit that he found including the onk and the computer's very troubled by it it's like hey yeah, i need like, you to step up a little closer here <laughs> yeah and he's like uh okay just so sit said, down it's gonna yeah. be okay so he learns something and this is not something he's used to doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the computer displays the onk on the screen he's like and it's like do you know what this is he's like no <laughs> absolutely this is, not this is called an onk and then it's it a displays symbol yeah. You know what a symbol is? Like, no. <laughs> nope. Okay. We're going to take this real slow. Uh, yeah, so this is a symbol of sanctuary. It's like, oh, sanctuary. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, and ultimately he is tasked to find sanctuary by becoming a runner. It's like, well, how are you going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so, so it's like, just... Put your hand on the little armchair thing. And and it makes his red light start blinking. And this does rip him off of four years of life. And he's completely bewildered by this. And he does not. He is unable to process this until they are completely out of society much later in the movie. <laughs> yeah, he's like, how am I supposed to convince them that I'm going to run? And they do this. and He's like. Oh, well, four years, but and it's basically like the Padme Anakin meme. It's like, but I'll get the four years back, right? Yeah, I'll get the four years back, right? So, so the computer tells him that there are one thousand and fifty-six unaccounted for runners. That's quite and a lot. That's quite a few, and it also tells him like, oh yeah, renewal. That's not a thing. That's a fiction. And th- he he has a lot of trouble processing that one. For the first part, he's like, renewal. Could you could you do you do you mention that renewal? Nobody has ever gotten renewal. And it's like, yeah, that's correct. And it starts to move on. It's like, like, hold like, on. Answered the question already. And it's like, I I yeah, haven't we been over this? <laughs> it's like, but hmm, I mean, th- this shakes my views to the very core. And well, you better he, run then. So he is authorized to penetrate city seals and search outside the dome. So the computer will let him out if uh, he shows up in the right place. Mm -hmm. And his mission is to seek and destroy sanctuary 
and is like, okay, well, uh, who who do I have with me? It's like, you won't have any help. You're on your own on this. Like, <laughs> and this is where it's like, so do I get my four years back? And the computer just shuts off. Like, like get four, my years four years back, back? right? <laughs> and, he, and he walks out of there very, very shaken. And he goes to the gym to see Francis, who's in a jacuzzi, which is what hydrotoner <laughs> means. Right, I thought those were right. like, like, oh, it's a jacuzzi. <laughs> uh, apparently, this place is just a real spa that existed in the 70s in Dallas. <laughs> this is just yeah, a real place. About right. Yeah. Another really cool place, though, it has this big glassed off weight room, purple flooring, ambient mm-hmm. blue ceiling, light tiles. <laughs> and of course, in, in the pool jacuzzi area, you've got the uh, black marble wall tiles that were so big in the 70s and 80s. Oh, yes. You know, they, they meet up and he, he doesn't really say uh, much to him. He's like, huh, I, yeah, I got to go do a thing. Got to see about this lady. So he calls up Jessica again and she is still not interested. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, no, I, I thought we were clear on this. And he's like, well, I, I'm, I'm going to run now. And she throws the renewal jab that he had the previous day back at her or uh, at him because it's it's like, Oh, which you're not going to try for renewal. It's <laughs> the only way to get it through. And yeah, and this, this is, is where this the is, perfect line. This look, line encapsulates, <laughs> encapsulates his entire character. It's so perfect. He's like, look, you don't understand. It's different now because it's me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, truly heroic. Yep. <laughs> and. He's like, look, you've got an onk too, and I know that that has something to do with sanctuary. The computer told me it's a symbol, and I just need you to connect me to the right people. And she does not trust him, and she's totally right not to. Oh, yes, because... <laughs> he will actually still sell her out later. Oh, yeah. He, he, sell, he sells them out at the wrong place. Just the wrong time. Well, I mean, kind of almost the right time, ultimately, but... Well, he, he he does like sell a lot of people out and probably yes, a bunch of people get killed because of him. Oh, for sure. So first, Jessica has this conspiratorial meeting with, you know, her underground with, railroad people. Oh, yeah. With the himbos. Yeah. And it's, it's like, like, OK, well, we're going to kill him. Yeah, that that's what we should do. And it's totally just a mall food court that they're hanging out in, right? Like <laughs> they're they're is. sitting at like a mall food kiosk and they're just, you know, surrounded by people having their lunches, right? Mm-hmm. So they're pretty worried about Logan knowing about Sanctuary. Like that's that's not good. Yeah. Uh, and we, we see Francis back in HQ relieving someone in the main console. So he'll be able to track Logan directly, which is important because he'll kind of know where he's at Mm -hmm. and jessica comes to logan it's like i want you to come with our come to arcade with me and And logan's like cool yeah all right this this is perfect Uh, thank you and on the way there you know at the top of this bank of escalators she shares a look with this himbo in red with a big neck chain and a shiny silver belt yeah. <laughs> and he like menacingly removes the chain like he's going to strangle someone with it then and there. But like they just follow them around for a long time. <laughs> yeah, the the himbos don't do anything until they don't do much of anything at all, actually. They really don't. 
so they go to the mall center or they go through the mall center which is where you got the big silver rotating hand with the orb yeah. in the palm and logan and jessica get into one of the tube cars and the red guys get into the next one following them and francis you know he sees him heading on to there towards this cathedral place which is where the cubs were the other day oh well, yes them the cubs <laughs> the uh like the rundown part of the city i guess that's yeah. separated from the rest of the city by a connect four board it's uh the computer says when they're entering it that it's a reservation for violent persons <laughs> yeah we'll just move all the violent people into the ghetto over here and yeah this and then and then put spikes on all the benches you'll just you gotta have some hostile architecture gotta Although I feel like this is a society that actually doesn't have any of that. Because no, everything's just super cozy. <laughs> like, even their, like, sealed door that that uh, that separates the, the ghetto from the rest of the city is not even really a door. A small person could get through it very easily without any trouble. Yeah, and it once they're through into the cathedral... It's basically just abandoned mall energy. Like the rest of it feels like a mall, and this just feels like a mall that's closed. Yes. <laughs> it's a little overgrown. <laughs> a little, yeah, a little overgrown. Not even that much. Yeah. Even the violent people in this society are not that dirty. They're, they're pretty well, tidy. They're all kids, too. Oh, yes. Like they're all under, they're, they're 15 or less exclusively. So uh, Francis thinks. Logan's heading into trouble, so he heads down to go after them, and uh, he'll he'll be following behind them uh, without them knowing for a while as well. It's just everybody following Logan around without him having goddamn clue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Logan, yeah, that's right. He's here to go after another runner because even though he's apparently trying to find sanctuary, he's also tried to do his regular job. He he's sort of is and isn't like he wants to find the runner who's on this outside spot to kind of get her to pass him down the line further. Like he he's trying to roll on different connects. It's it's like the the drug <laughs> like a drug bust concept. Oh, okay. Know? See, I I didn't I thought of it as just him just taking the assignment he was given and not thinking about it. I mean, it's probably a bit of both. He he doesn't think about things a whole bunch. Not really. So on their way in the tube, Jessica is like, the, the, we talk about there being cubs in the cathedral. And Jessica is like, oh, I mean, I hear that that's because they're born in breeders. Is is that what it is? You know, that's what the rumor is. And Logan's like, well, everybody's born in breeders. He's <laughs> like, yeah, but I mean, it's maybe if there was actual human mothering, society would be better and we wouldn't have just a this tribe of violent children on the very outskirts of society. Oh yeah. Right. And here's where Logan's like, what are you doing? Questioning the system. And she's basically <laughs> like, I don't like get it. <laughs> aren't you questioning the system by running? Yeah. He's like, well, that's different. Cause it's me. Cause it's me. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he has no idea that he's supposed to be impersonating someone who's questioning the system. He's so nope. bad at being undercover. <laughs> he doesn't get it. There, there's like a, a great 50s movie 
uh, I think it's raw deal where it's this guy who's supposed to go undercover for the treasury department. And it's like a forties version of this, where this guy goes undercover and he is just not bright enough to be undercover. So <laughs> he's just kind of like, yeah, so, uh, tell me about your money laundering. <laughs> so good. Uh, anyway, so they, they go into the cathedral authorized personnel only and it like opens this thin door and they, they go inside yeah like the door it's not even really a door it's like that old game connect four it's it's like the board from that <laughs> yeah all, like all the circles I'll, I'll, there's a lot of those like circle walls in here that that's like the main feature of the cathedral and i don't know yeah. why it's ca- the, the cathedral well uh, maybe it was a cathedral at some point but like it was a maybe they future cathedral it, it could uh, be that it could be that they had religion at some point in here and that's just another piece of society that has fallen away over time could be because we like that's a lot of the outer layers that they go out through the the other levels and dungeons it's like oh hey look what else society used to have huh hey there's this whole like fishery that we just don't use anymore yeah <laughs> this in- this huge elaborate aquaculture yeah we're breeding fish but don't use them i guess not but yeah the cathedral still does just look like an abandoned mall like it it, it fully does just with like dead vines and stuff everywhere Mm -hmm. so they encounter this little girl mary too they're like why aren't you in the nursery little girl she's like because i'm very smart (laughs) (laughs) She steals Jessica's bracelet and takes off. She's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they are encircled by a group of cubs, which are just children and teens, you know, in raggedy lost boys outfits, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. The leader's name is like Billy or something. It is Billy. And he's like 14 or 15. So he's pretty close to aging out. He's like, I make the rules here. But of course, you know, they're like, so what do you do next year, Billy? There are no green cubs. When you turn 16, you're out of here. What do you do then? Yeah, Billy's just like, I don't know, shut, shut up. up. <laughs> doesn't matter. I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. It yeah. doesn't matter because it's not me yet. That's right. That's a problem for future me and screw that guy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, Logan has the blaster, so he backs all of them off. It's like, how many of you want this to be last day? <laughs> <laughs> and Billy's like, come on, we can rush them. And they're all just gone. They and scatter. He's... Billy's left behind. Yeah. He throws his knife at them and runs away. <laughs> <laughs> so they find the runner who's just hiding behind some debris. And th- this lady's like, my life clock. Listen, there's it, obviously it's just broken. I'm only 22. This is crazy. <laughs> clearly just an error in the system clearly i mean she she looks 30 but you know don't don't yeah. worry about that she might have just got a new face to look like that for some reason and as you do sure and he's like look i i won't hurt you i really won't and he shows her that he has his gem flashing now too and it's like look i'm a runner too i'm dealing with this myself and i understand for once because it's me because it's me <laughs> And we see Francis lurking nearby, unseen. Uh, Logan gives the runner some blind gas, which I guess is like tear gas for defense. 
Oh, yeah. And then and they then, walk away, and Francis immediately shoots her. <laughs> yeah, like, instantly. Killed him immediately. Like, they, they, they don't notice. They have no idea. But you'd think they would, because they've only walked a few steps away at this point. That's how instant it is. It's like, right away. But they're deep in conversation. Jessica's like, okay, listen, I want to admit something to you. I was taking you to be assassinated earlier. <laughs> But I believe you now. Why would you do that? (laughs) I believe you now because you let her go. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. It's like, well, then you can take me to your friends. And I was like, no, I definitely can't. They will kill you. (laughs) I'll just explain it to them. It'll be fine. It's like, that's absolutely not going to happen. I love that this whole conversation is shot through this overgrown concrete circle wall just like overgrown with vines it's like through it mm, yeah uh jessica finds mary again mary too gets her bracelet back yeah and logan oh so not not 487 483 logan heads to the suspicious new you number 483 <laughs> this particular doctor really doesn't like wide cheekbones every single <laughs> Like, you can hear them, you can hear, like, the recordings talking, your cheekbones could be narrower. And, like, later on when he straps them in, it's like, hey, what do you think, narrower cheekbones? It's it's like um, the all, all of the commercials about ducts in Brazil. Uh, the, the Terry Gilliam movie, Brazil. Like, your ducts need uh, renovation. I still gotta see that. Oh, great movie. Again, very influenced by this, I think. I, I love the design of New You as well. I mean, I love the design of literally every place in this movie. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, totally. For sure. So New You is like this all mirror room. Just tubes of blue neon to outline things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Farrah Fawcett is the receptionist. Yep. And she takes them to the dock. And the, the, the lab is all black at the end of a blue neon tube corridor. With a circular glass enclosure in the middle with a bed. It kind of looks like they're going to execute him there. <laughs> it kind of looks like Magneto's prison. Oh, yeah. Or like they're going to do an alien autopsy. <laughs> yeah, that table doesn't look comfortable at all until you get close and realize it's all like memory foam. Mm-hmm. The Escalaptor Mark III. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> So Logan sits down in the chair for a face change. Uh, and, but the doctor receives a call. He's like, yes, they are. And he pauses, done. And he starts lasering up Logan's uniform to demonstrate the power of the machine. And then he just like hits the controls and it just starts whirling like crazy around him. Yeah, it's like, well, I'm going to kill you, actually. Because yeah. uh, all those sanctuary guys don't trust you like she said they wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, Logan gets up off the table and he has a fist fight with the doctor in the laser chamber. The doctor ends up laid out on the table getting lasered to death. Yeah, pretty cool. It's kind of gross, like in a good way. It's a good, like, kind of mildly gory moment in this sort of silly movie up to this point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, On their way out, they run into Francis. Because he's been following him everywhere. And he reveals to him, he's like, I was at the cathedral and I saw you let that runner go. Uh, and Logan punches him out and they run off. <laughs> uh, 
And this is when they flee into the sex temple or the sex shop. The sex, <laughs> yeah, it's like like a sex shop where uh, it's like a sex shop with really pushy salespeople. Well, it it doesn't seem it's they're not selling sexual implements. They, no, they're selling themselves. It is a place of sex. It's it's a temple of sex. It is supposed to have a huge synchronized orgy that just doesn't still exist in the film. But notably, they walk through a pink mist on the way in, which is why I assume that like the pink mist is some sort of aphrodisiac. Now, this part's really cool because you just get the music. There's no dialogue because nobody can hear anybody. Yeah, because it's a club. Yeah. And they're just like being carried away in different directions by sex people to go have sex. Yeah, and most like, like big naked people everywhere. This is huge yeah. orgy. Yeah, but they're like like trying to like point to different directions to <laughs> coordinate where they're going. They're they're trying to fight their way through just a sea of sex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they find a secret passage though. Yeah, they manage to escape out the back door. Uh, when Francis, because Francis does chase them in there. Yeah, but they close it just before he gets there and he can't figure out the passage. Yeah. So then they find an entrance to the resistance building and Logan immediately pushes a button to alert Sandman HQ. Sells them yeah, out instantly. Instantly. Even though it turns out this is not sanctuary. Not sanctuary yet, but it's the gateway to sanctuary. Yeah, and, and everybody's the, got their spears on them immediately. <laughs> glowing clear dildo spears. Yeah, glowing clear dildo spears that shoot purple ouchy gas. Yeah, I don't know. And they're like, Jessica's like, he's a runner, though. Helping runners this escape is literally the point of what you do. You're not going to save him? They're like, yeah, no, we don't trust him at all because he's a sad man. He's like, no, but... Yeah. Don't you, but I it's don't know my why turn you guys now, don't understand. <laughs> it's my turn, and I don't want to die. I don't want to face comeuppance for all of the stuff I did. Yeah, and Holly, Farrah Fawcett, shows up. And she's like, the doctor's <laughs> dead. Logan did it. <laughs> yeah, so I love this part. It's like, <laughs> so uh, Jessica's like saying to Holly, like, but remember the rest of what happened, Holly? <laughs> he's like uh he remember fought how... another runner or another sandman and punched him out oh <laughs> oh of... yeah yeah he fought a another sandman and she's like tell him holly tell him and then tell him how i was awesome and how everybody clapped <laughs> tell them who else you saw there at peter's rock <laughs> <laughs> And, and like she's she's bloody. She's been running away from this thing. She's seen all these explosions. This is not what life is normally like in this utopia. So she probably is probably the first time she's ever seen her boss get murdered or uh, definitely. anyone get murdered. Probably. Yeah. So yeah, she's she's not in she's a good. She's pretty state. shaken. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> but uh, she's very clearly just parroting whatever Jessica says. She doesn't have a clue what happened in there. No. She, she was distracted by the doctor getting lasered to death. But they're all like, yeah, that's good enough for us for some it's like, reason. like, well, I, I guess, I, well, I, Jessica kind of convinces them, like, well, it is our job to help runners escape. So I guess, I mean, go, go try and escape. If you want to escape, go. And they, they, <laughs> yeah, 
follow the pipes, um, turn left, there'll be a message, do what the message says, and mm -hmm. uh, when in doubt, always go down. Right. And, and also descend down staircases. Go downstairs. Yeah. Yes. And and Logan's like, he, he wants Jessica to go back because she has lots of years left. And he's like, no, I don't want to go. I, I want to see this thing through to the end. But it turns out to be a moot point because there's an explosion. The Sandmen raid the place. Yeah. And also Jessica has, is probably marked for death anyway. Oh, yeah. She is definitely She cannot go back. Uh, notably, Holly or Farah, she is killed in the explosion immediately. Mm -hmm. And Francis, in, you know, we have a big melee. There, you know, a giant firefight going on. The spears against the the dildo spears versus the <laughs> the laser blasters. Uh, and Francis confronts Logan. He's like, "Look, I haven't reported you yet. I've been following you around, and I know all the stuff that's going on. I'll bring you back in. We'll just figure this thing out." All you just, have to do is terminate her. Just just kill Jessica and we'll 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 be square. Uh, so Logan shoots at him and they run off. Uh, and they, they get to the, the door, which asks which tells them it wants the key, which is the onk. Yeah, so she takes off her necklace, but Logan tries to snatch it out of her hand for some reason. And it gets fumbled into the smoke. At the, like there's just a, a layer of smoke on the floor. Well, I th it's like a puddle, too. I guess it's, it's that too, yeah. Yeah, it's a bunch of gross anyway. Yeah, th this is more abandoned mall territory. Like, th oh, this yeah. is an old kitchen area. Uh, so they use the dead guy's onk because he still has that around too. Yeah. And it lets them in. It's like, good luck, runner. <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting. I wonder who programmed this. Good question. We'll never okay. find out. Is it part, like, like again, or, this is probably a major influence on the Matrix and the idea, like, is this a it, yeah. part of the function of the computer? Is this a fail-safe in the, the system? I don't know. We need to have runners so that people can be like, wow, runners are stupid, so that they don't question our system so much. It's because they're busy questioning the runners. Yeah, and it, it could very well be sense. something like that. Yeah. So I love all of the areas they go through as they yeah. continue downstairs. Yeah, so First, here's where it turns pretty video gamey. Very. First They're we have through the, the fish tank area. Yeah. yeah. I love this part because it's like so quiet. Everything else has been so loud, but there's no music, no sound, except for just like little drips of water and their footsteps. Just dank and ambient and dark where it's been quite bright and, and white before that because a lot of white formica and everything. Yeah, it just it feels so empty and so... Like this is the this place feels abandoned. It's so abandoned. Like just these yeah. huge, very dark algae covered fish tanks. This big green open pool in the middle and all of these staircases. Even Logan's able to figure out that no one uses this. Oh yeah. Uh Francis finds the dropped onk, so he gets in slash out as well. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they're they're sort of going through and they wonder about what all of this stuff is. And they're like, well, I guess this must have been an aquaculture farm before society went totally vegan. They're like, people used to eat animals and stuff. I'm like, I, I don't even understand what that is. <laughs> yeah. How would you like? How, how they don't even know how to, conceptualize to stop moving it. around when you try yeah. to eat them. How would you get them to sit still on the plate? 
and and noticeably it's more and more dank the further down they go mm-hmm. so francis catches up with them shoots at them he breaches one of the giant fish tanks and it just washes them right out of the room yep yep it's like oh well i guess this sewer place is flooded now that's the end of this level they they get onto an elevator to go up this time yep and they find the ice level the ice cave I this love place this is place. really cool too so cool uh all the the ice sculptures of the animals there's the big walrus tons of penguins yeah, yeah there's uh, like birds hanging from the ceiling on on all these like uh carefully constructed uh ice arcs over everything and it's, they find a big pile of furs yeah it's like one of those ice castles i never i never actually went inside of one but they used to have them back when we mm-hmm. had winters in places <laughs> yeah so they change into the furs and this guy box this this <laughs> this like oh my god it's like it's like if you took the tin man and a dalek from doctor who and crossed mm-hmm. them over over together he's really shiny and he's quite cheerful oh yeah and he's happy to tell them all about all the different uh, fish that they could be eating all the bounty to right see <laughs> yeah, plankton uh i don't know he's got like this whole spiel it sounds like an advertisement actually i think it absolutely is an advertisement and that he's he used to be sort of the the food control bot and and like his thing was just to uh preserve frozen fish for the aquaculture and stuff but he has become disused and kind of gone off his programming a little bit (laughs) well he's had to reinterpret uh his commands because yeah. they stopped sending him fish but they send yeah. him uh, other stuff so he can freeze that yeah so he shows them all the thousand and fifty six runners who've gotten away they're frozen in the walls and he's like looking at the two of them he's got like his he pulls out his freeze gun he's like it's my job to freeze you yeah it's my so job happy. to freeze you as well and they run logan shoots him up <laughs> yeah they, they they end up kicking the shit out of the robot there's some really bad composite effects while the roof crashes down like all of the sculptures <laughs> come down it's the 70s it's okay it's not great considering it's that star wars great. came out the next year this is these are some rough composite effects here yeah but and then it works it's fine like i i love this movie to be fair oh yeah <laughs> So they get out the cave into sunlight, which is something they've never seen before and are definitely not in the same shot with. (laughs) (laughs) What's that big orange thing in the sky? Yeah, they realize they're outside for the first time in their entire lives. Yep. And Francis tracks them into Box's ice lair and he finds Box all destroyed and he finds his way out pretty quickly (laughs) because... They they wrecked the place on their way through. Mm-hmm. One thing that I think is really notable is that the pace of the movie slows very Actually, deliberately oh, yeah. as soon as they get out of the city. Here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, we get Logan and Jessica walking down this dry riverbed, which we'll be told later is apparently supposed to be a major highway. I didn't get oh, that. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is one of my favorite bits in the movie because a lizard crawls on her and she freaks out. <laughs> She's like, I hate outside. Outside sucks. I hate it. And I'm I just hate like, it. I yeah, hate it. Me too. 
it's how I feel about camping sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they hack through this forest and they take shelter against a tree trunk for the night. And then next day they climb up a hill, find some water, go swimming naked. And they find that their palm crystals have turned clear. The life clocks just don't have any power out here. They're free. See, I wonder if it was... Uh, my first thought was maybe it was the swimming in the water that uh, did it. Maybe all they ever had to do to, sh- to uh, short out their life clocks was wash their heads. I don't know. I feel like... Well, I don't think it is that. Because there's so much water the in the society, right? It, yeah. It's so much built on aquaculture. But yeah, it, it, it is weird. Maybe it's, you know, the fresh water of the outdoors. Or maybe, well... Probably but then just we'll, really is the outside. It probably is just being outside. Just, just out of range. And it's when they noticed it. Mm-hmm. So they come upon ruined Washington, D.C. <gasps> it was Earth all along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just Washington, D.C., just over there. It's like, oh, hey, look at that. It's a place. There's this, there's this big monument. I, Whoa, I absolutely, there's this tall guy with a chair. Is this what people looked like back then? I absolutely love this shot of them walking in the reflecting pool towards the Washington Monument, which is oh, like, yeah. y- you can't, you, you can make out the shape of it, but it's just tall grass completely and reeds on both sides. Mm-hmm. You can see the Capitol Dome that's like overgrown and green in the horizon. It's great. Really cool. Yeah. So yeah, they go to the Lincoln Memorial. And Logan's <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> At this point, I was like too video game brained because I expected the <laughs> Abraham Lincoln statue to like get up and use the vines as whips, and Logan would have to like attack its ankles while Abraham Lincoln barfs slap at them. I've been playing too much Elden Ring. Right. <laughs> but he's like, wow, uh, this must be what old looks like. <laughs> yeah. He's all wrinkly and face. weird. Huh. And they go through a graveyard, and that is completely mystifying to them. Like, what's the purpose of this place? Oh, yeah, they don't even know that it's a graveyard. They're just like, hey, some names and some numbers. Neat. We have names and numbers. Yeah, but, like, they don't get it. Like, what is the purpose of this place? Huh. And they show up at the U.S. Senate chambers where they find Peter Ustinov, last man on Earth. (laughs) <laughs> his character's name is old man because he doesn't remember his name <laughs> <laughs> i love this guy he's so great this is a, a wonderful performance and here's where you expect the morpheus we don't know who who uh, started the war but we know who finished it the right. war happened and this and this and that we don't get that here no instead he <laughs> they're, they're like so is this sanctuary it's like I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what sanctuary? They're like, this are is you cats? Yeah, it's like, well, what I can tell you is that all cats have two names. One of them's a secret name. <laughs> oh no, it's, it's three names. And he, like, three names. He makes yeah. them guess, and they're like, we don't even. We can't guess what a cat's name is. We it's haven't like, even seen one until three seconds ago. Yeah. Is that what these are, cats? What what he's doing is basically reciting a bunch of stuff from T.S. Eliot's uh, book on cats, the same one that is used for Cats the Musical. So he's he doing a lot a of lines. Cat. Yeah. yeah, he calls it calls one a jellicle cat. So it, it is interesting that he, this movie kind of got to it before Cats the Musical. <laughs> but yeah, like cats have a secret name. They know what it is, but they're not telling. They're not telling. And they're 
so fascinated by his oldness. Like he he has wrinkles and white hair, and they they like. Do the cracks on your face hurt? I don't <laughs> think so. I think so. And he giggles when they touch them because he's like an adorable old child man. <laughs> yeah, but he's so but, sweet. <laughs> and he always like watches into these onion on the belt speeches. Oh, completely. He's he's not gonna drop any valuable exposition. But no. oh man, he'll talk. Yeah. So they is like, well, who who raised you? And he's like, well, I was raised by my mother and father. And it's like mother and father. <laughs> what but are you first, he can't about? remember the word for father. Right. <laughs> and and there's also he's like, oh well, I'm and like, where are they? Well, they're dead and buried now. And they're like, what? <laughs> what? What are you talking about there? This is another foreign concept. Like, whoa, 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 slow down, old man. What? Buried? So they, they show him their gems. And he's like, oh, well, I don't have one of those. Why, I'll trade you one of the best cats here for one of those. That's cool. <laughs> and they're like, we can't. We can't. We, they, they're not removable. And he's like, well, that's not fair. <laughs> I, I'll give you one of my best cats. That's a very good offer. <laughs> he's like, I'll take a best cat. Yeah, he's he's like picked up a cat. He's he's given their name. It's like an orange cat. He's pulled it off one of the Senate desks and is like thrusting it at them. He's like, here, you can have this ring. <laughs> <laughs> it's a jellical cat. Yeah. And the old man is like, uh, so can we stay here? And I was like, fuck, this place belongs to everyone. It belongs to the people. It's marked on a wall someplace. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, there's all these paintings of all these different people. I don't know who any of them are. Yeah, and Jessica's like, I still think there must be a sanctuary somewhere. But Logan has realized, like, no, you don't get it. This is outside. This is what's real. This is the place. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> Although, like, theoretically, huh. there could be a sanctuary further out. but Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Hard to say, like, that. That who knows what's happened to it over all this time. Yeah, that's true. And it doesn't seem like anybody from the city ever got there. No. So the old man and Logan, yeah, they're looking through the these stacks of presidential portraits that are just kind of rotting up against a wall. Uh, I really like the one line. It's like, they're all old men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're a family. <laughs> uh, hey, apparently... I saw a statue of this guy. Yeah, apparently there's a deleted scene here where they find a painting of Nixon and uh, the old man has like (laughs) some words about how, oh, he's a, I, apparently they called him Tricky Dick, (laughs) 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 which I guess they decided like, maybe that's going to make it. That's a little too, (laughs) yeah. Although I was hoping to see the disappointed Kennedy painting. Yeah. So yeah, they, they see the Lincoln one, uh, and but but before that, Francis has entered and grabbed Jessica, like grabbed her, you know, held her mouth, and he's yelling at her outside, like you. Yeah, he Logan. just took her. He just took her away while they were looking at paintings. They didn't even notice. He took his best friend away from him. <laughs> you you ruined Logan. What did you do, that, girl? And and like inside, Logan has recognized Lincoln from the memorial, and it's like yeah. Jessica, check this out. It's a painting of that guy from that place. It's like, Jessica? <laughs> and of course, Francis shows up. He's got her hostage up in the balcony section. Yep. It's like, I'm here to terminate you, Logan. I have to. It's what I was born to do. 
I'm sorry, Logan. We were we could have been friends, but you had to go and do this. This hurts me more than it hurts you and all that. And Logan's like, would you just look at your palm? And he sees it and it freaks him out enough that he drops the gun. But then he's like, no, no, this is a trick. And he jumps down to have a brawl with Logan. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ah, this was actually fake. I must be. Got it. Yeah. This shakes my beliefs to the, my core, so uh, I'm going to have to fight you. Um, I really, yeah, I'm going to ignore the revelation and fight you. Yeah, I, I, I've realized it, and now it's it's past. Uh, and I, I really love this fight while they're having just a brawl. They're throwing books. They're breaking desks apart. They're yep. swinging the tattered remains of the flag. <laughs> and <laughs> the whole time, there's tons of cats just on all of these desks, idly watching them in the background. It's like, stupid people. Yeah, like, <laughs> better, not, better not come and try and take my desk. Yeah, I'm sitting here. Don't you know that the Senate belongs to the cats now? We run America. So Logan knocks Francis out with the flag. And he comes to and he sees logan's clear crystal and he's like logan you renewed and he's like really happy for him for a moment i do feel like they kind of have sort of a romantic bond here that he's betrayed at this point mm. like that, that he he feels betrayed by jessica and that's sort of his arc in this yeah like you're sneaking it's... around with this woman behind my back yeah he 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 he's doing like the last words thing, but he also seems to be very out of it because he got bonked with a giant flagpole. Yeah, he he drops like, like, Watch right out away. for him. He's tricky. Yeah. All right, bye, clunk. And they bury him in the graveyard. Now, now that they know what it's for. <laughs> so Logan's yeah. like, look, I need to go back. I need to bring them the truth. I can't happily live in outside while I know that the evil of life clocks persist within. And Jessica's like, you think everyone's just going to be okay with this? Oh, they will when I explain it to them. They'll understand, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> the government that set this up isn't, is totally just, you know, they don't know about all this. But there isn't a government. That, well, that's yeah, the thing. It's just that's people. A, that's a weird thing. Yeah. There's just a computer. So they're like, hey, Ustinov, please come along. You'll be good proof. <laughs> if they see you, they'll have to believe us. Okay, but I'm going to tell you all the stories of my childhood, and some of it's going to be nonsense. Some of it might not be true. So, <laughs> yeah, they're they're coming out through the reflecting pond. It's like, I used to fish in here all the time as a child, but then all the fish disappeared some time ago. Don't know what happened to them. Which I guess would be, maybe they were also overfished by box oh that could be but the, this is maybe where they were coming from and being brought to the thing or you know it, there there may have been some sort of external system that is that box was part of a chain within maybe it's it's super not clear no and yeah he says the riverbed that where she saw the lizard and like oh this used to be something called a road and then <laughs> they'd go across it on these metal things and and they they uh sit around a campfire and he's like would you like to know about husbands and wives and he tells them about those concepts and 
he 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 gets uh, down to heteronormativity and you know, make sure you establish a good Christian America again. <laughs> <laughs> and Logan and Jessica are like, "I'll be the husband, you can be the wife." And the guy's like, "And I'll be the kid." <laughs> <laughs> and he really is. He's so adorable. Oh yeah, I love this man. So they walk down this beach and up onto the roof of the dome somehow. And the roof has all these terraced waterfalls, which I guess are supposed to be the city's power source. I guess, but... Because they're it's... next to the ocean, and I think the tides come in there. Yeah, but the idea. it's it doesn't also look not like clear because none of them know. They're no, like, and it... I guess this is where power comes from, maybe? Shrug? And I think... It, it it just seems to be some actual real world public fountain, so it doesn't That's what it seem like, like that can yeah. happen. And there's also like well maintained grass spots on the roof somehow, which I don't, who's maintaining that up there? <laughs> uh, a differenter box, I guess so. Roof groundskeeper box, groundskeeper boxy. Uh, <laughs> so that, like uh, Logan's plan is to swim in through the fountain. Into the main power grid. It's like, Ustinov, we know you're not going to be able to swim in through here. Just please wait outside as long as you can for us. We, we're going to try and bring everybody out to you. No plan for how they're going to do that, but th- that's okay. Figure it out when we get there. They, they do very successfully swim inside. Yep. There's a renewal ceremony just about to be underway at Carousel. So Logan's plan is like, hey, you don't have to do this. Check out my crystal. You don't have to die at 30. Look. And everyone scoffs. (laughs) What are you talking about, man? Like, there's a weirdo. It's what you would get if someone was standing in like the second floor of a mall screaming something. Everyone turns around for a second like, what is that person saying? Don't go to New York fries. They reheat their fries. Whatever, dude. Don't get the vaccine. It's it's one of those sort of things. Exactly that. Yeah. And everyone looks around, like, okay, and they they start to move wrong. And Jessica's like, no, no, he's he's telling the truth. And there's like, "Ah, right, lady. And then they're jumped by Sandman, of course. Of course, yeah. And they're taken in to be interrogated by the computer. And the computer Uh. just. The, the computer is now in the Logan position. It's like, well, I don't believe that. That doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine. We'll, uh, we'll scan your brain and make you tell us what, what happened with Sanctuary. This is so cool. It, it surrounds him with these red glowing tubes. They come down and they scan his brain. And then all these big tubes fill with holograms of his head and the holograms speak for him yeah yeah Yeah, and it's just like there is no sanctuary there is no sanctuary no sanctuary and the computer's like hey stop stop fucking with me stop resisting and tell me what you saw i know there's a sanctuary and it's like look all of the missing runners are frozen like no no i don't believe that that's that can't be right no, they, that doesn't they ran compute the with what I know. That yeah, that is false. Definitely. Therefore, I yeah, that contradicts what I heard before. Therefore, it must be incorrect. Yeah, and we get a montage of images that we've seen. So I guess this is the computer sort of reading Logan's 
memories. But but it keeps telling him to stop resisting. Like, no, give us the memories we want, not these. (laughs) Not these false ones. This is fake news. This is a bunch of fake news. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and it just... It starts breaking down as it's like, no, you can't show me the truth. I don't believe the truth. Screw you. And it it starts to explode. Yeah. And then Logan pulls out his blaster and he starts blasting his way out of there, too. The whole freaking thing collapses. Society explodes. (laughs) Society explodes. And everybody uh, like the whole city is exploding. Because, like, Logan blasts his way out, and on his way out, he's just shooting each of the computer banks and then shooting the Sandmen. And, like, he runs out the door and the whole HQ goes up. There's just chaos everywhere. People are running from explosions. There's this one great shot of someone falling over a railing on fire. Yeah. In the the carousel, the rubies start sparking and cracking and the earth shakes. Mm-hmm. And we cut outside and people start emerging somehow. They they are on the roof emerging. Yeah. <laughs> Weird that this is the gathering point that everyone decided on. But they see the old man at, at his little campfire down by the fountain. <laughs> yeah, they're all like, it's a old person. They're all like, whoa. And he's like, whoa, other people people i haven't seen a bunch of people and a young girl approaches and she touches his hair and his face and she smiles and everyone just surrounds him in wonder and that's the end uh now that y'all have to learn how to hunt for food yeah they're they're gonna have to well they don't necessarily need to learn how to hunt for food they can learn how to just uh gather because i think that would probably be more likely given that they're an all vegan society and have been generations whatever that means in there yeah. <laughs> who knows uh-huh. uh but what a great movie it, it's so oh, much I fun it. it's so weird i i love the aesthetic of the movie more than anything the aesthetic yeah, no, is completely incredible like it's it's got like the cheesy 70s sci-fi aesthetic but like they go so into it like it's, it's the so, best version of it yeah that that's the, what i'm looking for like it's it's not cheap. No, it, it, like, it doesn't just look cheap right. at all. Like it, even though it has that real mall aesthetic, it feels totally right mm-hmm. because it's it's an it's extremely appealing, and it it sort of taps into that same thing that like Dawn of the Dead did in the seventies, where you have that post-human utopia in the mall because that's where the zombies can't get in, so they've just blocked themselves into it. Yeah, I, I think it's a really great movie, and I do think it sort of deserves more respect than it. I'd say so does. because every time I hear about it, I it sounds like a cheesy, like you know, people talk about it like it's some shitty cheesy '70s sci-fi, and it's I think not. It's good. I, I think a big part of it is the Ustinov stuff, where he's just kind of this silly, lovable old man who is childlike, and and I think that isn't yeah, most people's he, conf- uh, uh, image of sci-fi. Well, no, like he, he's the complete opposite of the trope that you expect him to be, you know, like yeah. the Morpheus or the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. He's just an old guy who doesn't know anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like, Oh man, I bet this guy can tell us what happened with society. Well, I don't have a clue. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't around. 
I can definitely tell you about cats, though. I was like, oh, that is very important. Very important. <laughs> it's the only thing you need to know about. All, all right. Well, any last thoughts on Logan's run before we move on to our second film? Uh, no, I think I think we pretty well covered it. It's I, I really like it. This is my first time seeing it, and it was a lot of fun. Right on. Well, on to part two. And we're back for part two where we're talking about uh, 1984's uh, German thriller Out of Order, uh, directed by Karl Schenkel. Or by the German name Abwarts. I'm <laughs> sure I'm butchering the pronunciation, but... Uh, I, I took German in university. It's Abwarts. Uh, the, the umlaut over the A, it gives it an E sound. <laughs> so uh, Languages are hard. <clears throat> Uh, and it means downwards or descent. Oh, okay. Uh, it's it's one of the first words spoken in the movie, actually, because uh, they're when they're they're all four people are in the elevator. It's like, it's and you know they're going down. Oh yeah, yeah. When before the shit happens. Before shit goes down. Yeah. Before shit goes down. There's a lot of just motifs like that, I feel, just in dialogue, in uh, just the, the way this movie is put together. It's very tight. Like, this is a, a crisp 90 minutes, and it's just revelation after revelation somehow. It moves it just really being... fast. Yeah, despite <laughs> being a tiny cube and four people standing there. Yeah. Uh, some shit goes down, and there are emotional revelations. There's, like, whole giant backstories. There's people who turn out to have a lot more going on than you thought they did. Yep. Um, and none of it has anything to do with the situation in the elevator. Nope. Although maybe the, our, our younger guy is he like he's broken in here, right? He's well, robbing the place. That's okay. So let's. <laughs> I I wasn't sure because that's the impression I got from the very first scene that I saw him in, but. Uh, Nothing that I've seen afterwards, uh, although he hasn't had a chance to do anything no. since getting on the elevator. And he also dropped all the shit. Right. And I think that was like his bag of like, like B&E tools, right? Yeah, his tools and probably his loot. Probably um, loot. Yeah. Yeah. We don't really get to see what fell, but he kind of. He doesn't even he doesn't go after it because, you know, he's smarter than that. He's definitely the smartest person in this movie. Smartest character. Oh, yeah. Although um, not that poor, it helps. No, it, it doesn't work out for him all that great, uh, but it doesn't go great for pretty much anyone. And I do kind of feel bad for our uh, <laughs> the, the other guy, the other the, the middle the guy. No, not not the old guy, but like no, the middle aged no, guy who just Oh, the the dude with the secretary. Yeah. The dude who thinks he's like in charge of everything. Yeah. Uh who he, he, he gets he, shit on and then yeah. Yeah, things just really consistently go bad for him and you know, I don't like him. But but he's a dick. Yeah, you do sort of feel bad for him for how much things just pile onto him without it really being his fault at a certain point. Like, it just keeps spiraling further and further out of his control. Cause, yeah, uh, it's one of those things where he, it's like, yeah, he's a dick, but he's not 
enough of a dick to have all this shit happen to him. Yeah, and then he makes some inadvisable decisions. Like, he's not a good decision maker. No, no, he's not. Um, But let's start at the beginning where we see it's like this cool, like spooky or like tense uh, synth music going while this woman just gets out of a pool skyscraper and goes down an elevator. Uh, where uh, they... Skyscraper pool. Sky... Pool, pool size sc- skyscraper. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> can you imagine? Now I'm just imagining a pool swimming pool that's like 200 stories deep. Like, I guess what's the point? Yeah, that would be uh, terrifying, I guess. I mean, that that would be for scuba diving. That would be like, you know, you go down into the like yeah, but it's a, it's like a, a Marianas trench that's like a tube. That would be terrifying. That's like caving underwater. Yeah, but uh, not for imagine, when I imagine like the pool sky or the sky the pool skyscraper, it's above ground. Hmm, just like which means uh, it makes no sense. Water just a pillar into the sky that would be kind of rad honestly it'd be rad uh, but it would it would not work you structurally you could not do that yeah but yeah really rad synth score in this movie i totally did it <laughs> yeah so she's getting out and she's about to go down the elevator at just as the repairman takes out the out of order sign mm-hmm. and it's like oh yeah everything's working now uh i guess you could go down and to get down to the bottom and the security guard is like, hey, is everything working? The elevator guy's like, oh, no, man, you're, this thing is shit. Oh, it's, my God. I can't the believe what a mess. Nobody has been like, he's like, has nobody been maintaining this goddamn thing? Security guy's like, I don't know, man. I, I'm the front door guy. I, I don't, <laughs> this is above my pay grade. I don't give a shit. He's like, well, tell the boss. He's like, yeah, I'll get right on that. It's like, I'll definitely desk guy is an old guy and he's, oh, he's old and so most important thing to note here is that the alarms are off in that elevator because of the work being done there yeah so uh and they, he does not remember to turn them back on <laughs> yeah so um yeah he's basically saying like yeah if anybody like sneezed in there that those elevators will just fall apart things are gonna happen in there and yeah they they are clearly in they're very poorly maintained oh they they are terrifying i'm I'm kind of scared of elevators now after this (laughs) i've always been scared of elevators this is just like wow this movie confirms my fears of elevators (laughs) oh man you would have hated uh coming over when i lived in the apartment building uh there was the this elevator that would always stop like two inches above or two inches below the level of the floor. So you always, uh, always had to either step up or step down. I have been in elevators that do that. And I really hate that. And like, I have weird ear things. So uh, the really fast express elevators, they always give me vertigo. Oh, I hate uh, them. I'm not an elevator fan. I well, usually take the, the one in my apartment wasn't like that. It was Whenever not possible. fast. Like, unless Uh, it's a lot of floors. I take the stairs. Yeah, so then we slowly get introduced to our main characters, because none of those people was a main character. Right. Uh, First, we've got an old dude who, uh, after the cleaning lady leaves, it looks like he's getting a bunch of laundry from his locker. But then he takes a flashlight and starts looking for these documents, and he opens up a safe and grabs a shitload of cash. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have... 
I, I couldn't figure out the relationship between these two people at first. I thought they were like the business power couple, but yeah, I it think seems it's more like... like a boss and a secretary and he's banging the secretary and he thinks it means they're dating. I think no, that's not the impression I get. My understanding is that they both work for the same company. They're mm-hmm. they're working in the same building, they're co-workers, and he is trying to sleep with her and she does not want to stay like well she like he, the he's, they have slept together yeah i i think they had one night and he she just is uninterested in continuing anything further with him because as we're gonna find out he sucks he's really lame and he makes poor decisions and it it kind of seems like maybe he's secretly desperate like there uh, there is something yeah. going on in the core of his life that is eating away at him and he is looking for something to shake it up. Uh, and it, it makes him make some very bad decisions. Oh yes, he does. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's those two, uh, and they're getting off work. Everybody's getting off work right now. It's eight o'clock. Nobody's <laughs> working at eight o'clock at night in Germany. Uh, that must be nice. Well, I guess there it's a big office building and most of like, Almost everybody has already left, and so they're all just getting off work, which means all of these people are working awfully late. Yeah, although I guess nowadays on a there's Friday always, night. Yeah, but nowadays there's always somebody in these buildings. It's like, oh no, well you gotta have. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, so oh yeah, so I wrote the the other guy. I called him techno spy looking dude. Uh, oh, he does rob a vending machine at least. Yeah. Um, he, he And he, like, knows how to do it. He's professional at it. Oh, yeah, he does it very quickly and easily. So I've got him written down in my notes as Hacker Man, even though we never see him hack anything. But he, he's got the look. He looks like he comes out of the movie, like the 1990s movie Hackers. He's got, like, the textured leather jacket and, like, the Aviator shades. He's wearing the headphones, like a classic yeah. Sony Walkman. Uh kind of reminds me of like matthew broderick a little mm-hmm. bit maybe a little cooler but more German. maybe a little yeah no, more more like european like matthew broderick has kind of a, a a nerdy energy yeah this guy's like this guy's like cool matthew broderick when he ends up making out with the girl i end up i believe it yeah i get it yeah so <laughs> he's doing his thing which we don't really see what it is but then the elevator door, like he pushes the button for the elevator, the door opens, he takes a step forward, the elevator's not there. It's like some wily e. Coyote shit almost. He's like, he, he almost hovers until he looks down. Uh, he drops all of his shit and has to grab onto the ledge. He like barely makes it. Yeah, he has to pull himself back up in. Yeah, uh, as the elevator's coming up from below him. Yeah, uh, and he he just manages to get out in time. Yeah, but there was a screwdriver left in the shaft, presumably from the maintenance guy. And yeah, and and it's just above the door, and it's been shook by the the passage of uh, the the elevator going up. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so the the couple steps into the elevator. The old man is already there uh, with his briefcase full of money. 
uh, hacker man gets on, and then as it's going down, the screwdriver falls. This is some Final Destination stuff right here. The screwdriver falls, hits the power box, which shorts out everything, and the elevator stops. Yeah, so we're we're in our predicament. These are our four people who two of them know each other and two of them don't. Yep. And everybody There's, else has gone home. Except yep. that it's one Friday guy. Nobody's going to be in this building until Monday morning. Yeah, and and it, it's it's not a very fun like it's not a big elevator, it's not a luxury elevator. No, uh, and it's of course we know the alarms are off. Yeah. And I think it's airtight, so they actually have to get out. Uh-huh. Or at least open something up. Yeah. Yeah, right away we've got our problem, but that's okay. We'll just hit the emergency call button. And I like this bit because as soon as he hits the emergency call button, we smash cut to like crash test dummy footage of like crashing into a car, like a, a wall and the airbags and all that. And that's what the security guy's watching. That's cool. Like, I, I have no idea why he's watching that. Like, how is he just like, what is he watching a closed circuit of that? That's so weird. I think he's just watching TV and that's what's on. I guess so. Because he's watching definitely watching consumer wa- trials. Yeah, definitely not watching anything happening in the building. No, because there's nothing else happening in the building. And I guess there's no cameras in the elevator. There are not. Uh, this was this was the 80s. You didn't have cameras everywhere yet. Although he does seem to have a bunch of different cameras. Like True. He's sitting at like a panel of a bunch of cameras. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. Uh, I guess security culture was different back then. I don't really know. You could trust elevators. I, I don't know. I don't understand. Maybe it was just too hard to put cameras in elevators. I, yeah, maybe not. Or maybe they were just too cheap to do it because, let's face it, they're too cheap to maintain their elevators. Well, yeah, this is a very badly maintained elevator system, so maybe it's just not equipped to run a bunch of uh, uh, visual cables into. Yeah, it's like one of those things like, no, no, the weight from the cameras will be enough to fray the cords, which uh, given how easy it is to fray the cords of these elevators, uh, I kind of believe it. Yeah, <laughs> these things are uh, ready to completely fucking go to pieces. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so they're trapped. They're just a little chill at first just kind of waiting it's like okay well somebody's gonna notice and get us out of here so hacker man takes out a cigarette and starts smoking it and boss man because uh, i don't know when we don't find out any of their names until later so i've called like the middle-aged guy boss man or boomer man he's yorg uh, or is y- yeah yorg is his name yeah gossman is the old man pitt is the hacker and marion Marion is the girl. Uh, yeah, Jürgen Guzman. Uh, again, umlauts. <laughs> right, right. It gives it a, a weird sound. It's an ooh rather than a aw. Oh. So yeah, the uh, the middle-aged guy Jörg is like, hey man, don't uh, don't smoke it here. He and then he taps the sign that says no smoking. He's like, <laughs> don't make me tap the sign. Don't make me tap the sign, bro. Uh, Even but though the, the but, sign is directly above an ashtray. Yeah, but it was the 80s, remember? Uh, and it's the yeah. early 80s. You yeah, really guess. could smoke most places. 
That's true. That's true. I remember smoking most places, and and it's also Europe. Uh, but but like the girl's into it. She's like, well, I don't care. I'll have a smoke. I'll, I'll smoke too. Hey, let me bore your light. All right, this will be the first of uh, many bits of sexual tension between us. Well, and it feels like the two of like uh, Jorg and Marion have kind of come out of an argument that yeah. like he was pushing her and she is not into him. And it's like we're just I, I'm leaving. And he, he keeps kind of picking at her and is like, yeah, she doesn't want to stick around anyway. And it's like, yeah, nobody wants to be stuck in an elevator, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but like, she doesn't want to stick around with me. Hacker Man's still all calm. He's like, yeah, yeah, well, like, no sense jamming on the buttons. Everything's fucked. Or the elevator's fucked. It's like, oh, yeah, everything's fucked. The state, the society, it's all fucked. I do think there is, to some extent, a bit of uh, reflection of, uh, like, it, it, the, the state of discourse in politics in 1984 Germany, to some extent, with, like, him representing the youth and this guy representing sort of the a little bit older working class and sort of divides between those there there does seem to be a bit of a a, a generation clash between oh them. yes yeah and also a fighting over the woman clash yeah and that that's the big one but but the generation clash uh is certainly kindling to that fire it's what gives pit the edge and, you know, just beyond him being a cool hacker man and just like yeah. looking great and having cool sunglasses and being really resourceful and knowing how to get them out of the situation in various different ways. Parkouring up the elevator vent yeah. at one point. Uh, yeah. So he tells them about how he almost fell in and they're like, uh, OK. And of course, Jorg is all like has to one up him it's like oh yeah well you heard about this guy in the states who also fell in an elevator he had a bunch of money that he stole from the mob oh yeah well what happened foreshadowing yeah did the mob kill him no it was an accident he just fell down a fucking elevator shaft and died because that happens sometimes and like yeah that sucks (laughs) and the old man is like super nervous now he hasn't said anything yet and he won't for a while he spends the entire movie just sweating and getting more and more nervous while nobody pays any attention to him at all. Yeah, even when even when they open the briefcase, they don't pay attention to him. They're paying attention to the money. It takes a long time for them like, hey, old man, what's up with this, dude? Yeah. So the so the middle aged guy, Jorg, is like. He says to the girl, it's like, maybe if you stop babbling, we can actually come up with a, a solution. And it's like, she's barely said two words. You've barely let her. Again, yeah, he it it definitely feels like an argument that's been carried on. Like he yeah. is he has some kind of beef with something that went on before they got in the elevator. And it's like, you, know, you don't want to date me. I'll show you. Yeah. And and so, it feels like that's why he's tracked her on to the elevator to make a scene. And then it just it has it has gone out so poorly for him. Yeah. So Hacker Man busts out his ancient ass game and watch, which was, you know, cutting art, cutting edge back then. But what is the game he's playing? Um, oh, It's that one where like the, there's people jumping out of the burning building and you got to hold the trampoline and move it around to catch him. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's called, but it's um, but you can play as those guys in the in the newer Smash Brothers games. Oh wow! Like it's a, yeah, it's it's a real game. Yeah, no, I know, I I know, it's clearly a real game. Yeah. And it, it looked like a little bit higher quality than like a Tiger Electronics handheld. <laughs> yeah, it, well, that's basically what it was, but a little bit. Yeah, better. the the Fireman one is is a bit better. And he's really um, good at it, so it, it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's all like, oh, man, can you stop with all the beep and booping? And then the middle-aged man's like, actually, hold on, let me play. I'll be better than you, and he's not. Yeah, I, I again, like, now he, he's got to one-up him, because, and, and also, the, the previous time, th- this is annoying them, and, like, well, it's not, you know, they, they took his side with the smoke, so I'm going to take his side against them now. Yeah. <laughs> So while they're doing that, uh, so while he's playing the game, the hacker guy's like, all right, that's it. We, we need to get some air in here. Uh, there should be an emergency escape or something. And he smashes a ceiling panel, but there's a big fan in the way. They rip up the carpet hoping for a trap door, but nope, there isn't one. So the hacker guy grabs the fan blades of the ceiling and does like a kind of a somersault kick to uh, kick the the panel above the fan. It's pretty impressive. It's really cool. And then he uses the girl's nail file to unscrew it and climb up onto the roof of the him and the middle aged and Jorg uh, climb up onto the roof of the elevator. And they're just kind of looking around at what everything's going on. And York's like, dude, don't tell her how fucked we are. She's going to freak out. And he's like, dude, she's not stupid. She'll figure it out instantly. Come on. And then York tells a story about a man who got trapped in like one of those freezer trucks in Chicago and slowly froze to death while writing about the experience. It's a bad uh, way to go. Yeah. Terrible way to go. It's like uh, one of the most existentially horrifying deaths I've ever heard of. That one guy who uh, crawled up above a freezer and... Oh, my God. And he fell behind? Fell behind. That guy? And they didn't find him for, like, six years? Yeah, he was like a... They were just like, oh, we, it's a bad like smell. A dude who well, it's there. a bad store. Yeah, yeah, they thought he just ran away. That's that's like one of the most existentially horrifying deaths I've ever heard of, and it's one that haunts me. Yeah, so, he couldn't he couldn't call for help because the freezer was too loud. Yeah, and he was like just you know trapped immobile, upside down. I think. Like, yeah, brutal. and just brutal. Just yeah. Oh, it sucks. Um. So yeah, the 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 lift beside them keeps going up and down, even though nobody seems to be in it. And they're always like pounding on the wall of their elevator, be like, hey, 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 come on. And people are like, dude, there's nobody in there. Well, we got to keep trying, right? What if there is? What if, you know, the night watchman happens to be awake and doing his job? <laughs> Fat chance of that. Um, but we see like a very pointed shot of the middle aged guy kicking some screws over, like off of the ledge, which doesn't appear to do anything uh it turns out but since the but since the screwdriver already did something it's like oh shit what is this gonna fuck up and we see that a lot like somebody will knock something over and sometimes it'll fuck up the situation sometimes it won't so you're always kind of wondering yeah so 
while they're up at the top, the lady is talking to the old man. Is like, hey, I see you. You've always got your laundry and uh, you're doing your laundry in the building. He's like, oh, yeah, laundry. That's what's in my briefcase. But I guess that is presumably something he also does that like he this is why he had the bag and that's why he had the laundry and that's what his alibi is oh yeah that's like his whole thing he's been going to do the laundry in this building every friday for the last x number of weeks so that nobody finds it odd that he's got a stuffed briefcase one week because he always has one yeah and i i presume he does have some laundry in here as well. He does, but I don't know where he's got it. Yeah, so it's I I, I don't quite understand how the ending works. No, um, we're going to get to that because we got to have a discussion about the ending because I don't mm-hmm. get it. I don't quite get it either. Um, so, yeah, you know, the, the, the middle aged guy and the hacker guy go back down into the elevator where the middle-aged man is just going through the lady's bag and is like hey here's some wine and she's like dude that's my shit what are you doing yeah and it's like i and and he's like well we're we're stuck in here let's have this and like i was planning to drink that later it's like i'll buy it off of you (laughs) yeah it's like i was gonna give this to somebody and it's like, okay, well, fine. And the old man's like, I don't drink. And the hacker's like, yeah, I don't want any. And she's like, well, do you want a Coke? And she gives him a Coke from her purse. So here the girl and the hacker guy are having a conversation while the man keeps trying to insert himself into the conversation while getting drunk. It's like, oh, who do you work for? Oh, I work for such and such courier. Ah, oh, they're a shitty company that all, they're a bunch of blood sucking. Oh, yeah, it must be hard to work there. Oh, it's not too bad. I bet it's terrible. He has such a shitty job because he's shitty. And, you know, they go off, uh, they go off, they go off like that for a bit. And the hacker is telling the story about how he just wants to get away from everything. And that's like his whole game plan, his whole, his whole goal in life. Just get away from the whole rat race. Uh, yeah, I, I guess, uh, well, they're all trapped like rats in a cage. Yeah. Uh, so, so the girl is actually saying, oh yeah, well, I want to do that too, but none of us have any money. And the middle-aged guy is like, none of you have ever had a hard job in your life. And they're all just ignoring him still. Well, yeah, he, he is this weird figure. Like, this is why I say the, the generational thing is he seems like, often the pronouncements he makes he he t- seems to set himself as like the older generation you know uh oh goddamn millennials this you kids these days uh the, yeah. he he has a, a boomer millennial uh energy with this, he super this kid. Does. Uh-huh. and meanwhile she is like super over this old man's chest or not old man you know the middle-aged guy's chest pounding and uh shares shares a smoke with the hacker guy would like oh my god when they when two people just do the thing where they like light their smoke with each other's smoke is just so hot i love that shit Mm. so now they're playing some kind of like a match game that i don't fully understand to see who gets to go into the shaft next and uh yeah i don't i don't know i don't get it either so uh so the boomer guy is the one who has to go and I guess this would be the right 
He'd be the right age to be a boomer at this point, wouldn't he? Maybe. Um, or no, maybe a little. He, he might be the generation before that. It's hard to say. No, I, th- I he would be a boomer. He would have been born sometime around the late 40s or 50s. Holy shit, right? is that what it is? I, I don't even know anymore. That's, all that's so the baby skewed. boom. Post, yeah, that's post-war. Right. Baby boom. Right, right. Yeah, so uh, so he loses and he has to go up into the shaft. And uh, because, also because the hacker guy got like serious rope burn from trying to climb up the cables last time. Yeah. So his his hands are pretty shredded. So the girl asks hacker guys, like, is he going to be able to do anything up there? It's like, like I no. don't know. I just wanted to get rid of him. He was being annoying. Yeah, like it's it's weird because he he has this whole thing where like he's arguing and they they do this whole game about who's going to go up and he's fighting all the time. I was like, no, it's definitely going to be I have to be the one that goes up there because I'm the only one who knows how to do anything and you're not going to be yeah. able to. Uh, kind of negging him into leaving. <laughs> Basically, it's into like climbing well, you can't up into do an elevator because shaft. your hands are fucked up, and I'm I'm the only one competent because I'm from the generation that does competent things, so I'll do it. And yeah, he ends up he ends up like tricking him into losing this match game and getting basically to get rid of him. So he's about to show the girl how to play the match game, and she's like, "No, I got a different one. That game sucks." Here and she just puts three matches together. It's like without touching the middle match, uh, take it out of the middle. And he's like, uh, goes to touch the match. She's like, oh my god, no! Without touching. Yeah, he leans in close, like he's gonna, like he's gonna kiss her at this point. But they don't make out just yet. And this is where we learn that his name is Pitt. Uh, so uh, the boomer guy is like ripping up his shirts and wrapping it his shirt and wrapping it around his hand so he can climb up the cables. The girl is telling Pitt about how much the boomer guy sucks. It's like, yeah, he used to be good, but then he just got full of himself. And I don't know. He just kind of sucks at everything. Now I can't remember what the actual explanation is, but just of it is he's not good at things anymore. Uh, the company wants to get rid of him. And yeah, he's just, he has fallen. He was really good at whatever it was he did, but now he's not. So he is out of order, as are all of these people. Oh, fuck. Huh, okay. Or he's descended, or fallen, as it were. Oh, man, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> I, I love this bit. They they start kissing, and the old man is just kind of standing there like, hey, guys, I'm just going to awkwardly watch while you have this really hot makeup session. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you do that. It's kind of funny how, like, this old guy is just standing in this one spot, immovable, this whole movie, like, uh, a guardian. And, and he just, like, is, he has, he, like, he contributes to none of the conversations. He does nothing. He is, like, non-existent in the background so much that, like, they can make out in front of him. And it doesn't matter. Like, he, they, they, they're not even conscious of his presence. Dude, I I straight up thought they were gonna full on have sex. I well, they might have if uh, if you know if they weren't caught. So the boomer boss has actually climbed up the next floor, but can't get the door open. So uh, oh, so the cable breaks and he falls and he's dangling from the bottom and has to climb back up. 
just to see them uh, like gets back onto the roof of the elevator just to see them like hardcore making out through the hole that they made. It, it was really funny to realize that they didn't realize he fell that like <laughs> yeah. it, it was a very, very amusing moment to have him like go through this like tense action sequence where he falls and he does impressively like I didn't think he had it in him, but yeah. he pulls himself up and you know, he gets up and he's and and we see from his POV just slanting through just we can just see their heads making out through the hole down in the elevator and just like, what is going on? And like, did nobody realize I just defied death and now yeah. they're making out? <laughs> what? Yeah, so he comes down, and here he is looking, like, super haggard. Like, his clothes are all ripped, he's all dirty. Oh, he is not looking good. He's been through a very obvious ordeal. And at this point, he's like, why should I risk my life for all of you people? I don't need to get off this elevator that badly. I can just wait it out. I don't need a bed to get laid. And the hacker guy's like, yeah, you probably don't get laid. Well, he knows he don't get laid. Yeah, because he just him. learned that he don't get laid. And the the guy's like, did she tell you about that? <laughs> and he's like, no, she, I just kind of assumed. And apparently I'm right. I mean, it seemed like a pretty safe guess. It was a safe. Yeah. And also <laughs> he, he totally he like totally outed himself because that's such a generic insult. You could say that to anyone. You'd be like, yeah, I bet you don't get laid. <laughs> Good one, man. It's like, did you tell him about that? <laughs> it was it's like, like, okay, well, self burn. Mm. So now the hacker goes back up or tries Which, to go back up. He, he does manage to get up later, right? Like, I don't think, I don't know oh, if he he, gets he'll up get here. up again, but Which not is, here. Impressive, given how badly he wrecked up his hands earlier. Yeah. So the elevator lurches, and he and he falls down and lands on the wine bottle, smashing oh, yeah. it. Right. So behind the old man, it turns out, <laughs> is a door to a supply, like a little supply, uh, not even a closet, but like a little supply. It's Space. a closet. It's like a yes. little. It's it's a little hidden portal. That was like an incredible moment in the movie for me. It felt like uh, uh not not Homestuck, but Problem Sleuth. Oh yeah. It felt like a moment in that just like oh they <laughs> it was like the 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 elevator shifted and the old man moved, revealing the secret door. <laughs> like they they immediately like he shifts finally because he's been rooted to that spot and they're like. He was standing in front of a door the whole there time. Was a door behind you the whole time? Why didn't you say anything? <laughs> Don't it say didn't, things. Like I also, didn't I didn't know who was behind me. So yeah, there's like, there's all this stuff. There's like, uh, there's, rope. there's rope. There's like uh, a toolbox. There's a lamp. Uh, all kinds of stuff for a daring uh, elevator escape. Well, it, it the the other thing it made me think of, uh, I mean, like it it, def, it definitely had that sort of problem sleuth vibe. And it's like, well, I mean, we've kind of exhausted our possibilities in this room, so now we're gonna uh, there's a secret corridor, and now we find this, and now uh, the pickle inspector's going to come through. <laughs> oh man, totally. It also kind of reminded me of like all the weird hidden closets in Exterminating Angel. 
Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, and, and them being trapped in this small space and sort of being sort of a weird spectrum of uh, opinions. Yeah. Much and, more condensed, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. This this seems to take place in real time. Everything goes everything goes to hell here after about, like, five minutes. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, after getting all the rope and stuff, the elevator falls some more with the hacker man on top of it. Uh, but it, you know, still doesn't plummet all the way to the bottom of the shaft yet. That, of course, will have to happen at the very end. Uh, the girl freaks out, and the boomer guy slaps her. Which, so yeah, now they're attaching ropes to try to get to the lower door. Uh, oh yeah, and here's the bit where, like, the hacker man, he's got, like, a pair of pliers in his hand, because that was, like, the only tool, like, the closest tool that he could find to do the job, to try to pry open this door while he's just like pressed against this really narrow ledge uh, attached by ropes that the that the boomer guy is holding on to from on top of the elevator. Right. So they, they've established guide ropes and, and like safety ropes. So he is locked in. Yeah, um, it's hardly a perfect thing. You could still fall off, but mm-hmm. and he does end up falling. So the boomer guy is able to grab the rope and pull him back up. It's uh, here that the hacker guy punches him. He's like, you tried to kill me. And do like this big freaking brawl on top of the uh, on top of the what do you call it? On top of the elevator. Yes, the elevator on top of the what do you call it? The thing thing that the whole. The lift. lift. They're in the lift, the lorry and the malenga. I, I this, this scene is so absurd, and this does kind of this I, I consider the point where it sort of turns the tables on how I feel about Jorg in that it sort of becomes unfair to him because he literally just saved this guy's life. He did save I, Pitt's life. Yes, yeah, he fell and he rescued him. He didn't do anything wrong. And Pitt just kind of immediately He's, takes it the worst possible way. And yeah, he sucker starts punches him. Yeah, and starts his fight. He's like brandishing a screwdriver at him, and he's like saying to him, "Is like, you know, you're through with her, right? You know, she's done with you." It's like, dude, you're insane. Yeah, like you've suddenly lost your mind. You used to be cool, but you're not cool anymore, dude. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they're having their like death match on top of the elevator, and then more cables snap. And I really like like how they film the cable snapping because it feels like like regular motion but the cable snapping feels i don't know sped up or slowed down there's something about it that i can't place like how it's filmed that's just i don't know i don't know what they do but it works and yeah it falls in between the elevator and the shaft yeah and really? it, it, it's like a hard fall and it looks like the this the when the cable snapped it hit him and it, like it, it yeah. did hit him and knocked him backwards so Jorg kind of assumes that he was killed by the impact. Yeah. But he's still hanging just under the elevator by the ropes that he's like all hooked into. Yeah. So uh, Jorg comes back into the elevator. He's like, yeah, Pitt lost his balance and fell over. And uh, everyone's like, no, you killed him. We we heard you two fighting. And again, I feel bad for Jorg here because it's like, no, he, he even tried, like, I don't know why he tried to be noble here and say, like, oh, the, uh, Pitt didn't attack me or anything. He he didn't lose his mind. He just fell suddenly. I, I don't even know what happened. He, he well, could have 
like no, he says he's like he kicked me in the nuts yeah after after yeah. they're like no you definitely killed him it's like no you don't understand he he attacked me <laughs> yeah yeah so so they're fighting over whether or not it was an accident and here's where the briefcase falls it breaks open and there's a shitload of money yeah they're like wait a second you've had just a fucking huge briefcase full of money all this time? That's why you're sitting here sweating and immovable? He's well, like, well, I guess the cat's out of the bag now. And he tells his story about, you know, the laundry. Yeah, how, like, basically, what it boils down to is that they were introducing new, like, he's an accountant for this company, and they introduced, like, new computer software that he couldn't learn, so they he figured oh, they yeah. were going to fire him. He's, he's like, I'm too old to learn computers, so... Right. Because, yeah, this is the way in which this poor old man is out of order and is descended and, like, his his thing... He has... Uh, he his, his quality has declined to a point that he is now out of order and unusable as, like... He used to be good at what he does, but then, you know, they changed what cool... What it was, yeah, now they ch- what's... What it it's is exactly is that. scary and new to me. And actually, that's um, well, the middle-aged guy can relate to that too. He's like, "Oh yeah, they'll always replace you with uh, with a computer or with somebody younger and cooler." As he's like clearly it, talking about the girl replacing him with Hacker Man, right? And it's because he brings they, everything back to that. He sees himself on the exact same trajectory. We know that he has been. Uh, getting worse and worse at work so he knows that this is just another iteration of that and then we still have you know our cool guy who now has shown himself to kind of be maybe a little bit insane and we do know that he was breaking into this place earlier and i don't know what his intentions were beyond that so it's like we don't find out no yeah because he doesn't really tell like that part of his story ever he tells no. the stuff about how he's like, oh, I just want to like run away from everything. But he doesn't say about how he was breaking in. No, it's it's not clear what he was there to do in this building. But we know that it wasn't like we, we know that it was a criminal intent of some sort. Yes. So, yeah, the old man is like, well, I decided I'd just take the money, like, you know, just keep doing laundry so that nobody thinks it's weird. I got a full briefcase and then one day I would just take the money and I decided Today's the day, I guess. So he he's the one that caused the curse, right? It it, it feels like he enacted a curse by doing this. And, and in in M Night Shyamalan's Devil Vader, right? It, it's revealed that he's the devil, and like money pours out of his mouth or something. <laughs> Wait, Devil Vader? Is that a real thing? No. There's okay. A, there's, okay. <laughs> there was an M Night Shyamalan produced movie called Devil, which was about several people trapped in an elevator, and one of them is oh. maybe the devil. He oh. didn't direct it, but he produced it. But I remember oh, okay. it's it's distinct the distinct moment I remember when M. Night Shyamalan became laughable because mm. I remember seeing the trailers for it in theater and uh, the you know, the 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 whole thing plays out and it's looking very silly. You know, it's it's these people trapped in an elevator and it's called devil. They they show it as, you know, with elevator. Right. And yeah. it says from the diabolical mind of M. Night Shyamalan. And no lie, most of the audience that I was seeing movies with for a while would laugh when they saw his name. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this would have been 
I, I guess that would have been after signs, probably, because I think signs after was... no one. It, it's it's after the happening. Oh, the happening was the, ne- so was that I, the I, next one. This is circa the happening and uh, the other one, uh, the village. Oh, okay, I never saw those two. Downfall era, uh, and Lady in the Water. That's the other one. Ooh. Oh yeah. Well, th- that's when M Night Shyamalan be- kind of became known as the Twist Guy. Yeah, his stock had really fallen, much like our characters in Abwärts. He he was uh, he was on an Abwärts plane. Oh yeah. And then you know he he went to the the beach that you get old. <laughs> it revived his career somehow. You know I haven't seen any Shyamalan stuff after Signs. I and saw. And Signs was kind of like this. He, he's I didn't not love Signs. Good anymore. Yeah. I was not a big fan of Signs. Uh, the Happening is very bad, but it's quite amusing. That's the one where Marky Mark has the the scene where he. Uh, he he has a conversation with the with the rubber plant because he thinks plants are maybe uh, what's or he realizes that plants are what's doing it so he wants to apologize to the plant but it turns out it's not <laughs> uh, and it's also the one where like someone says like wait a second you're trying to kill me and he does the fakest no <laughs> wait that's, that's what I was doing at all yeah that's real that is the thing he does that we, it's an absolutely amazing sequence. And he's that not, sounds like fun. Like it's it's a very bad movie, and it, I don't think those moments are supposed to be entirely as funny as they are, but they're pretty <laughs> funny. I don't think I've seen I've seen Lady in the Water, but I haven't heard it. It played endlessly on the TVs at Future Shop when I worked there. <laughs> I see. Uh, and I saw uh, the split, and I hated it. <laughs> this is multiple personality disorder one that oh yeah uh, that takes place in the unbreakable universe it ends up to be yeah part of the unbreakable and then they did glass which brought them all together and i did not bother because i hated split so much yeah unbreakable was i love unbreakable that's a pretty good movie i yeah he definitely just had one good idea with the sixth sense and he's like let's see what other twists i could make up I really like Sixth Sense and Unbreakable. Sixth Sense is good, and I enjoyed Unbreakable. But yeah, I have not loved anything after. Signs was like, oh my god, this is so contrived and stupid. There were yeah, I I really I hated the ending, uh, and I also just found Mel Gibson really annoying. Uh, The character was unpleasant. Like it, it was the performance was fine, but it was a good performance of a character that I found enormously annoying to watch. Also, you know, Mel Gibson, not a yeah. great dude, but like, I not do a think, good guy. Yeah. I, I do think I don't really care if someone who is bad, someone being a bad person who is also in a movie. I mean, there's a lot of people that are in a movie. Well, okay. Yes. <laughs> so whatever. <laughs> good point. But, Fair enough. But like, uh, uh, that is a movie that still has things in it that were great. Like the 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 home videos that they have of like and the news reports where you see just glimpses of the alien in like cornfields are so creepy and well done. Oh, I don't but remember then, that. But then I, I yeah. saw it when it was new. Yeah, and then and then but like then the actual human drama of it it gets very silly and then yeah the <laughs> the, the cameo by M Night in it is very bad, <laughs> very abwärts 
uh, altogether of a career for quite some time, just kind of diminishing returns. Yeah, so back to the good movie. Mm. Uh, so the, the girl is basically telling to the boomer, like, hey, you need to come to terms with the fact that nobody's expecting anything from you, and whenever anyone tries to help you, you always put them down. And he's just like, you honestly believed I threw the kid off the shaft, don't you? Yeah, I do. He's like, yeah, you're crazy, and I don't like you. And you saw me kissing him, and you were be- you've been crazy ever since. Come on, it's just elevator sex. Like, we were trapped. It's, it's okay. <laughs> it doesn't count. It's like again, we were in a different zip code. I do sort of feel bad for Yorg still at this point, because he didn't do the, <laughs> the thing that he's being. No, he did not. Of. He and, really didn't. And he doesn't really do any more asshole stuff until, for the rest of the movie. No, he, well, he, he still makes some bad decisions. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so we find out that the kid is actually still alive and like still climbing up and hanging from cables and stuff. Uh, not doing so great, but he is alive. Yeah, he, he was unconscious and he's he's come to and is kind of slowly getting himself back up. But like, yeah, he fell and he he, he was like folded and fell down yeah which which would really hurt your back too oh yeah yeah oh here is where the guard finally wakes up and uh notices that the power in the two elevators is off so he just flicks it back on uh doesn't think anything of it suddenly the lights come on in the elevator and they start calling the the maintenance phone again and this time the alarms are on and just like chaos Mm mm-hmm this is like suddenly a fire is lit and the movie starts moving at a thousand miles an hour because like things get out of control so fast. Yeah. So so the hacker guy manages to get back onto the elevator roof and then falls inside of it. Uh, the guard realizes that there's people stuck in the elevator. So he goes up to the, like the elevator control room and starts trying to... I guess get the motor to pull the elevator up, but some like piece of metal gets caught and drags and it's acting like a brake on the elevator, which fucks up the motor. Yeah. It, uh, it like overtaxes the motor because it's so poorly maintained. And yeah, uh, so it it, just it's, it's like the guy was saying, it's like the guy was saying at the start, how it just, the, the smallest thing at this point could just like make it go completely haywire and you've got to maintain this shit better. He's like, well, we'll just pull on this real hard. <laughs> yeah. So so it's around here that the repairmen come and the repairmen are like, oh, man, you really fucked this up, man. Your job was to like just call us and do nothing. You just made it worse. Oh, you suck. You're just some sleepy ass shitty. They're just having a go at this guy while also being really happy go lucky about it. They do seem extremely competent and they also seem like. They, oh yeah, no, they're competent. They're they, these are like expert the, repairmen. Yeah, the, these guys both really know what they're doing, and they're really great at their jobs. But like, they're they they're going in with total confidence as well, and uh, it slowly start or I, not even slowly. It it erodes yeah. pretty fast as oh like, yeah. Once they realize that they stop have working. to like manually turn the wheel to bring the elevator up, and then. Like the wheel starts spinning the other way and they got to let go. It's like, oh, shit, this is actually a really fucked up situation. And it's like, oh, we got to get them out just directly and we got to do it quick. <laughs> this is real bad. This is so fucked up. You, What have you been doing, old guy? Did you screw this up? 
I didn't do nothing. Literally nothing at all. He, he didn't do a thing. He did I mean, nothing. He did run the, the motor and he did burn out the motor. So that is on him. But I mean, yeah, he, but couldn't, he, he couldn't have run happened, it properly. He couldn't have. It would have happened to anybody. So, yeah, basically the the elevator repairman guys are like, hey, when you talk to these people in the elevator, uh, don't tell them how fucked they are. Uh, don't let them panic and all that. Maybe they should have let them know. Because yeah, uh, it, it may have changed some of the decision-making process for Yorg. Yeah, yeah, that might have been good. Well, yeah. I don't think he knew how immediate and perilous the situation was. Mm-hmm. So uh, around here, Yorg tells uh, the kids that it's like, hey, that freezing guy I told you about. Turns out the freezing truck wasn't even turned on. Like, he wasn't actually freezing. And I don't... <laughs> which kind of makes me wonder what the point of this story was. Uh, so, anyway, uh, the techs managed... The, the repairman managed to open up the, the door to one of the adjacent elevators in the shaft. And, like, they've got, like, this whole cable harness thing. Like, actual rec- rescue operation stuff going mm-hmm. to get these guys out. And... Everyone's like trying to say, hey, take the briefcase first, take the briefcase first. And the repairmen are like, what the fuck? No, fuck the briefcase. Bring up the girl uh, first. Put the girl in the harness. And they, they yeah. bring up uh, yeah, Mary they, they get, first. Well, no, they bring up uh, the hacker man first because he's injured. Oh, right. And then the girl. Yeah. And then the old man. And then they're going to bring up York and York. Make them take the, the briefcase. And they're like, okay, fine, we'll take the stupid briefcase and then we'll take you, but... It doesn't work out. It does not work out. The he elevator wasted falls. too much time with the briefcase. <laughs> uh, the elevator falls and uh, he falls and we just see everybody else's face as we hear the kathunk sound. Yeah. Like, we don't see impact or anything, we just hear the... <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so Rip Yorg, it, it really didn't work out for him. It, things got unfair after, it, at first you kind of do want to see things pile on him because he kind of sucks, but he doesn't well, suck Well, he was trying much. to negotiate with the old man to like just split the money yes. 50-50 and not give any to the other two. Yeah. And he wasted valuable time doing that because... Quite a bit. Because, <laughs> yeah, he didn't realize that this was like an every seconds count thing. <laughs> Yeah, they they really did not make it sufficiently clear that things were, like, in a hurry. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so now we've got, like, the whole emergency crew arriving, like, ambulances, fire trucks, all that. One, like, two people are bringing out this big metal coffin, uh, it looks like, which they they put Yorg into. And the old man gets his briefcase. And, yeah, as he's walking away, like, the security guy says, hey— Hey, old man. And he turns around and he like drops the briefcase and there's laundry in it. Where did the money go? Yeah, I don't know. I don't really understand what this is supposed to signify that like because it, it it can't be the wrong briefcase. Right. There was yeah. only one. There wasn't two briefcases. So. Did he have a, a pouch that we didn't know about that had laundry in it? It sort of seems like. Because it, it definitely, the way it leads up, it looks like he's going to drop the briefcase and the money is going to spew out and it's going to be like this extra last bit of drama. But it's not there. And 
he just gets away with it scot free alone, I guess. Yeah, but like he and then he goes like, where into is this it? dark alley. <laughs> so a couple theories. I don't know how I haven't really like looked into the logistics of any of this, but was there at any point where somebody could have switched the briefcase with something else while the old man wasn't looking? I'm thinking maybe Jorg might have while he was fucking around on the elevator, but we don't see him do it. Uh, yeah, not that I'm aware of. And like, how would, how, and, and the, who, why? Yeah. So could Pitt or the girl have done it? Uh, I can't imagine. Like, it just there's no real theory that I have that. Yeah. Like, I I just didn't. It it, it kind of just like, huh? What's that yeah. about? When when yeah. I got to the end, like, huh? I'm not sure what that's supposed to signify. Quite honestly. Because we don't see anybody else again. We just see the old man getting out of the building. Yeah, it just follows him. So yeah, and, I don't know. Yeah, that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, great movie. It just, like, it's a slow burn, slow burn, slow burn. Boom, everything happens. Yeah, it, it just lights a fire and then, like, oh, my God, we need to get out of the elevator immediately because uh, it is going to go now. Uh, but they don't tell enough people about that. <laughs> it doesn't work out to yeah. their favor. Uh, really tense because we like even though the characters don't know we see throughout the movie like the cables getting more and more frayed as time goes on and like we know it's gonna happen yeah it's very clear that uh things are unraveling yeah Uh, that it it is in descent Mm -hmm. uh yeah like awesome movie i just i just don't understand the ending was the money imaginary and the old man never actually went through with it and we just imagined it but that doesn't make sense because that make everybody sense else because saw everyone it. else reacted to it yeah uh it, it, it's definitely one that i was like huh i'm going to need to rewatch this to really get that but i i haven't had a chance to so i don't know yeah i i think I, there I might be a commentary or something on it I, I might have to check that out i don't know yeah uh, yeah, I don't get it. But otherwise, great movie. Uh, love the cast. Everyone, everyone's firing on all cylinders the whole time. Yeah, really strong small cast. Uh, I, I really like all four people. They're all very good. Uh, even the secondary characters, like the security mm-hmm. guard and the repairmen, were good. Yeah, they're the repairmen. Like the energy that they bring in is really fun. Yeah, they're they're just like roasting the shit out of the old guy, and the old guy's like, "Oh no, I I don't, I'm just I just an old guy who was I'm asleep just a all night." night watchman. <laughs> I'm not supposed to do this elevator shit. This is the second time I've been in trouble about the elevator. It's not even my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then how they go from immediate roasting to, "Oh shit, we've got a serious problem on our hands. Let's solve it." Yeah, and they, you know, they get and then they do. <laughs> they get <laughs> they some they people solve out. It like, yeah, they. They solve they, it as best as they are capable of they within get to the, the solving, parameters. They get to the solving portion immediately because they don't have drama. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, good movie. Really good movie. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. My favorite trapped in an elevator scenario that I've seen probably. Cool. And I've seen a lot of them. There are uh, a few of them. It's it's a trope. I mean, like, all the 80s sitcoms had at least one. And oh, usually yeah. somebody was giving birth in the elevator. You gotta do a bottle episode in an elevator. Yeah, I think there's even a Seinfeld one. one. Oh, there, there might have been. Uh, there was definitely a Family Matters one. I think there was a Perfect Strangers. Yes, Th- there's... I'm pretty sure I remember that one. 
Um, Actually, it, I mean, it's everywhere. Every yeah. long running show will have it will eventually have an elevator episode. Now, before we move on to the third part, do you want oh. to talk a bit about Let My Puppets Come? <laughs> Not really, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> we, we got together on the weekend and watched Gerard Damiano's Let My Puppets Come, which is... Oh, it is a... It's it's a 70s Muppet porno. Like, it's, it's a porno, yeah. like, it's made by porn uh, industry people, but it is all Muppets. <laughs> yeah, the very Quote first unquote. <laughs> the very first scene is a Muppet girl fucking a Muppet dog, which somehow is also the least offensive scene in terms oh, of yeah. of the the movie within the movie because it's it's a movie like within the movie it's this group of businessmen who have like this whole musical sequence where they introduce themselves and they're like. We're going to make the last porno to make some bucks because they're in hawk to the mob. Yeah, they're they're in debt to Mr. Big. Mr. Big. Uh, yeah, so th- they make this porno, um, and we just see different scenes. Uh, there's a Pinocchio, the world's most horrifying Pinocchio. <laughs> With those little purple gem eyes, which are so oh, awful. Oh, man, and then when he turns into a re- quote-unquote real boy, he's still got, like, the... He still eyes, has the eyes. They're just like a plate over his realize it's so horrible. Yeah, well, oh man. And it's uh, <laughs> it's so disturbing, but it's really funny. It's pretty funny. Like there's a lot of real nightmare fuel because it's very low budget. I mean, it's super ambitious for being an uh, a pornographic production with no uh human sex. It is all just puppets, which is you know, surprising and fun and really weird. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's yeah. some gross shit. Some of this is really gross. I would say my the what for me the one that the most nightmare fuel are the ones that are I guess vaguely supposed to be vaginas, but they're just like a circle with a furry <laughs> black circle with red in it that like squishes up and down and sings. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, got those like these little are, arms and legs. Those are the ones that I, I feel most offended by, other than, of course, Pinocchio as a human with the purple gem eyes. It's just awful. Yeah, with, like, the sexy shaped legs and stupid sexy Pinocchio. It's horrifying. <laughs> it's really troubling. But we have a, a cameo by the guy who voiced Jafar in Disney's Aladdin. Uh, he is the voice of Pinocchio, isn't he? Or no, he's no, he's the chauffeur. For right, the he's old the lady. chauffeur. That's right. And, and I guess also the puppeteer for the old lady. Yeah, because he he well, he's clearly the puppet. We see him well, yeah, puppeteering we, we see the old lady him doing, doing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, very interesting movie. Weird. Like if you want to see something you've never seen before, <laughs> like, it's like it's like if the Happy Time Murders was good. Yeah, or it's it's like the porno scene in the Happy Time Murders. Like that was probably but, like, the ex- funniest <laughs> gag. <laughs> oh, with like the octopus and whatever that whole thing is. It, it was an octopus milking a cow. <laughs> it was, it, it, but like milking <laughs> all of the udders at the same it. time. Yeah. <laughs> and this movie sort of feels like that sort of that premise expanded into uh, a like a solid eighty minute movie. Yeah, it's, it's funny, but like, 
It is gross. It's it is really pretty gross. gross. Yeah, For yeah, you, you'll, like, you'll so, see puppets coming. So, I, yeah, you will believe a puppet can come. Mm-hmm. For I, so my my nightmare fuel, my top one is the the singing rings. <laughs> What's yours? Oh, definitely when Pinocchio has become a real boy. There, that's okay. But like other, like in terms of just the the puppet ones, though, because yeah, I oh, agree. okay, okay, Obviously, yeah. What's um, your What's your pick? Oh gosh, I'm not even sure. I don't know. I guess like, the dog one actually that that bothered me. The blue dog I, at the start. Yeah, like that one made me squirm. I, it was making me really uncomfortable. Uh, the <laughs> the puppet dog with lipstick. Yeah. All right. Well, any last thoughts before we move to part three? Uh, yeah, no, no. Well, just I'll just sweep that Let My Puppets Come movie back under the rug. <laughs> It'll just stay there for a bit. So you think. All right. So no. How, how until it appears in your nightmares singing to you and <laughs> what was their song? Incorporated. What do you think? Oh yeah, that's right. Every time, yeah. uh, Ink. What do you think? Uh, all right. Well, on to part three. And we're back for part three, where we're talking about other movies watched in the past week and deciding what we're going to cover next week. Uh, so not a huge selection for our uh, second movie this week. Uh, first up, there's some interesting ones I see. Interesting stuff. I, I think there, there might be a couple that are pretty strong choices. Mm-hmm. So first up is Child's Play, first of the Chucky movies. You ever seen uh, this? I've, I've never seen a Chucky movie. Oh. So Brad Dourif, you know, the great Brad Dourif is the voice of Chucky, and we, we see him as uh, Charles Lee Ray or whatever before... You know, as the man who becomes Chucky after he dies. Right, he's like a serial killer, right? Yeah, he's a serial killer and he's running away from police. It's kind of like Stingray. He stashes his soul in a toy to come back for later. (laughs) I see calm. I see calm. (laughs) Uh, You know, he finds a good guy doll, uh, which are like these full-size talking dolls. uh, And he, you know, does his voodoo incantation and then uh chris sarandon i think it's uh susan sarandon's brother shows up and shoots at him and somehow the the whole toy store explodes and okay like brad dorif is launched like 30 feet burning through the air but you know it doesn't matter <laughs> now he's he's in the chucky doll oh man that sounds like so much fun already it's a pretty good movie. It, my my biggest problem that I've ha- always had with it is that a lot of it is about adults having to not trust anything a kid says. That's sort of I hate that. It's yeah, and it's so implicit in the present in in the premise of this. So that's always a trope that I really hate. So I don't love that. But well, I hate the trope because it happens in real life. True. True. And I guess the thing that occurred to me on this viewing that made me uh, sort of appreciate it a little bit more is that this is a really untrustworthy kid. Like, he's just mediocre from day one. And we know that, yeah, you're kind of right not to believe him because, like, we see him just really screwing everything up before he even encounters Chucky. And it's like, I get why they don't trust this kid. (laughs) Oh, okay. He's like a – so he's like – 
No, seriously, the dolls try to kill me. I'm not fucking with you this one time. Because <laughs> it's, it's it's not really him lying. It's just he does seem kind of dim and incompetent. And it's sort of true about everyone. This is a weird movie where everybody is a little mediocre. Like, even Chucky as a villain, like, he's... This guy who was supposed to switch, he, he was he's gained this power to switch souls and he ended up putting it in a small toy instead. Oh, so it was an really accident? It. it was an accident. Like, he, this is just like he had to stash it there because he was that's where he was. So he's and, you know, he's just a doll like he he's indestructible, but he is a doll. So when he's attacking people with a knife, it's kind of inherently comic. Right. <laughs> Uh, I just got to flip the switch to good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, like, it does have that scene where they're like, where they realize the battery it was never entered, was never inserted. <laughs> like, that is a scene that they literally just took right out of the movie. Oh, man, that's funny. Uh, next up is The One-Armed Boxer. Ooh. So this is, it, it came out the year after The Chinese Boxer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is exactly the same story with the same star. Oh, cool. The the big difference is that now the villain, like, you know, the guy who who's come to the guy with the Japanese samurai. Yeah. The guy who's who's come to uh, knock over the school. This yeah, time, right, instead right. of instead of like two Japanese guys, he's got a giant pan Asian super team. Oh. He's got like 12 guys and oh, all wow. of them are like from a different country. And each of them like represents some kind of special martial arts technique. And they're all magical. Oh, so the, the you know the mini the mini bosses with the superpowers. Yeah, except like every single one of them is a boss, and like one of them's a vampire from Osaka. <laughs> I love it! Holy shit! And he karate chops Jimmy Wang Yu's arm off, making him the one armed boxer. Oh God! Uh-oh. Uh oh. The the main theme is the shaft theme. Plays constantly throughout. The <laughs> <movie>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, it's great. Like, it's completely Chinese boxer. Like, it's the same arc all the way through. It's just uh, extremely amplified. Nice, nice. Yeah. So more amplified or less than Five Fingers of Death, would you say? Or different? Uh, more ridiculous. Ooh, I like ridiculous in my kung fu movies. Yeah. Uh, next up is Spartacus. Ooh, I'm Spartacus. Uh, for real epic, just gigantic fucking epic uh some of the battle sequences in this are unbelievable to both <laughs> just thousands of extras in a shot just like as far I, as the eye can see i've never seen it actually it is great like it is really long it's it's a little over three hours so oh, it's wow, not yeah. <laughs> it's it's not in like the ben-hur territory of being like four hour four and a half but it's but long it's not small Right. But like, yeah, it is great. It's very action packed. You have like it's a true story of this big slave rebellion. And they just, you know, they went to Spain and they hired thousands of extras and you you see them like they hired enough people and outfitted them as a Roman legion. And you watch a Roman legion pour down a hill and then you watch a thousand people on the other side roll burning logs at them and then just everybody meeting in the middle. And it's like. This is one of the hugest battle sequences I've ever seen. And this was in nine. I'm just looking at the page. This was in 1960. 1960. Yeah, no CGI. It was just all real. Holy uh, shit! So that stuff is still absolutely stunning. Uh, and I love Kirk Douglas. He's really great. 
he he brings vulnerability to his heroes even though you know he's <laughs> this great gladiator like this was the primary inspiration for the movie gladiator oh yeah like most of gladiator is borrowed from spartacus like spartacus does have kirk douglas lopping someone's arm off bloodily at one point it rules <laughs> nice uh it, it's great uh peter ustinov is in it i think he won an oscar for it Ooh. oh as he was the old man in logan's run right yeah yeah, cool. Right on. He's he's one of the main Roman senators in it. And uh, I think he's kind of like he's he's sort of like the secondary main character. Oh, interesting. OK, uh, I, I've never seen him in anything else. I don't think he's kind of like a classic old Hollywood legend. Hmm. Uh, also, some really interesting queer stuff in this movie. Oh. It's like not even under the surface, like it's just straight up right there on top of things. And they're talking about it. Very interesting. Well, the Greek and Roman ancients back then was Certainly. a lot more queer. Although I guess the it 60s was. wasn't. But yeah, it, it was rare to uh, touch on it in these films. Like they do have it very coded and kind of got it under uh, Heston's view in Ben-Hur. Like there's some of it there. But like here, it's just right up on the surface and they're just like addressing it. It's very interesting. Cool. Uh, next up is Like Rabid Dogs. Uh, this is the next one in the Years of Lead box set of Aero Plizioteski. Okay. Uh, it's super grim, really nasty. Maybe the nastiest one I've ever seen in this genre. Oh. And they're all just sort of like, if the way the 90s seems to be portrayed as a crime apocalypse in like South Central LA in 90s movies, it feels yeah. like the 70s were like that in italy so it's just uh, huge crime apocalypse the police are just overtaxed and they they're they're just dealing with out of control insane crime and this one's three rich kids just on a rampage for kicks okay <laughs> they're they're killing they're raping they're robbing they're just doing everything and it's really brutal it's really mean uh very breezy music uh it's 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 strange very peppy ending with just dead bodies on the screen and like don't cry for bad guys the end <laughs> <laughs> support your local police well said robin it's like that yeah <laughs> uh next up is freddy's dead the final nightmare was this the final one i mean it kind of actually was because oh really after that there's only new nightmare Freddy versus Jason and the bad remake. Oh, interesting. Okay, so, so... they kind of did kill the series. <laughs> it's it's very corny. It's it's so so 90s, like so early 90s. It's 1991. Oh it's like the Nightmare on Elm Street movie or franchise hit the 90s like a brick wall and exploded. <laughs> <laughs> very bad 3d effects there's oh, a no. part where they go into 3d world into the dreamland to talk to the dream masters who like hold sway over dreams through history and they're the ones who assigned the freddy demon to this i don't even know <laughs> it's one of these 90s it's just like jason uh jason goes to hell with the butt worms where he's <laughs> It's like, let's let's pile a lot more lore on Freddy. 
That's what these monsters always need is more lore. You know what else it needed? A bunch of Goo Goo Dolls songs on the soundtrack. Like three well, of them. I don't want the world to see me. <laughs> but I don't think that they'd understand. Bitch. Uh, and <laughs> although thankfully there's not quite as much of that as in the previous one. It does have Yafet Koto. Oh. Uh, and he beats Freddy up with the baseball bat, which is very funny. <laughs> okay. But mostly it's it's pretty bad. <laughs> like, it's right. amusingly bad, but it is bad. <laughs> uh, good to know. Next up is Unmasking the Idol. Ooh. This is a James Bond knockoff, real low-budget one from the 80s, uh, from the director of L.A. Bounty, Worth Keeter. Oh! Oh! So our... <laughs> Our Bond surrogate, Duncan Jacks. Jacks. Duncan Jacks. Uh, he has a ninja baboon sidekick. <laughs> oh my god. Named Boon. He, he's got to stop. I'm looking at the write up. He's got to stop Scarlet Leader. Scarlet Leader and Gold Tooth. Uh, Scarlet Leader <laughs> has a Skull Island lair for real. Oh yes. Uh, where he's stole, he's got all of this gold that they're gonna heist out of there as well as taking him down. So they're, you know, they're assembling their super team to heist the Skull Island from the super villain. Right. Yeah. Cool. It's okay. like the the acting is pretty bad. <laughs> the the dialogue and the uh, scripting uh, don't make a lot of sense, but it's uh, it's a hell of a thing. Like again, it's like L.A. Bounty where. You would get into these dialogue scenes and uh, uh, Wings Hauser was not in the scene and you'd just be like. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> right. I forgot about that whole bit in Ellie Bounty where Wings Hauser isn't in it and it's yeah. terrible. Yeah, yeah. But then the part that he is in is like worth it. Right. So it it does suffer a bit from that. It has some of that exact same feel where like, why am I not seeing a baboon in a ninja suit doing flips. Because <laughs> I was seeing that a couple scenes ago, and I don't like not seeing it anymore. <laughs> Whenever the baboon is not on the screen, everyone should be asking, where's the where's baboon? The uh, and last up is the corn shucker. Okay. Uh, uh, this is just really demented fringe cinema. Uh, it, it's like a, a 90s 16 millimeter thing. Uh, I, this this is I, the only surviving elements on uh, VHS Master. It's a new oh, okay. sub-label of Vinegar Syndrome called VHS Hit Fest, or is it VHS Hit Fest? The corn shucker is like a chicken man who looks sort of like a gangly version of Maynard from Tool, but like who's okay. also a chicken man. Like if if Maynard mated with the chicken lady from Kids in the Hall. How do and we he, know he hasn't. Yeah, and he he's just like really long limbed, and he's always kind of just like, you know, uh, twitching around like a chicken. Uh, his thing is he steals corn from all these cornfields. He only eats corn. Okay. <laughs> uh, he also has telepathic powers, and he'll his head will like throb and expand and stuff when he does that, and then like people will do what he says. I don't think he ever speaks. He just. Hmm throbs his head at people and then they do things because people just keep constantly showing up to the abandoned house he's squatting in i don't know why so is he like an alien or he's like 
the, one of his other names is White Demon. They, there, there's someone who shows up who tries to interview him for a documentary who's like <laughs> giving all this folk history about the corn shucker. And he just kind of sits there looking feral in his, uh, you know, house. There's a part where he pees corn. Okay. Like he, he, he stands over a toilet and you see like porn, like corn shoot out. <laughs> and then like Too you look breakfast. at the bowl. Yeah, it's a too much breakfast thing for real. Uh, he calls a pizza place with his mind and asks for a pizza with just a bunch of corn in it. And it's a really gross pizza place. And the guy drives over and he runs over his dog. And it's a very fake what? rubber dog that they go oh. that they drive a, a van over and it just goes squish. Uh, the van is on my dog. It's it's such a bizarre movie. Uh, like it's it's clearly just really offensive fringe cinema. Like they're they're trying to just be gross out and totally zany, and it's got like a Lynchian weirdness to it. And it's just this dude who, for some reason, people just keep showing up at this abandoned house to pester this guy, and somehow all of them are more insane than him. <laughs> okay. So those are our picks. It's not a lot, but there are some interesting. I kind of want to watch all of them, if I'm being <laughs> honest with you. Yeah. Um, this, this is a tough one. Uh, actually, it's really tough. When was... So, particular sorry. thoughts, questions. Yeah, when was the last time we did a... Like, we've seen a whole bunch of Kung Fu movies, but when was the last time we did one on the show? I think... I think the it's just five fingers. The only ones we've done were Five Fingers and Kung Fu Wonder Child. Right, yeah. If you can't Kung Fu Wonder Kung Child. Kung Fu Wonder Child is a different one. Or the Wuxia. Yeah. Um, shit, yeah. But I've never seen Child's Play, and I've always wanted to see Spartacus. Like, Child's Play is one that will probably come up again because, you know, oh, Slasher yeah, series. I, I do from, do these a lot. Yeah. And we're not far from Halloween either. And I've seen Child's Play at this point at least 20 times. So it's it's one that recurs. Um, to be fair. Let's see. I'm going to... Oh, I'm going to regret this when it comes time to actually watch the movie because I'm terrible at scheduling. But let's do Spartacus. All right. It is a really great movie. Like, it's long, but, like, it has so much and, like, so many great performances and just... The spectacle of it is unbelievable. Well, we've done long movies before. We, did we Lucia. have. This, this is about the same ones. length. Of, yeah, this is about the same length as Lucia. Oh, that movie ruled. That was a great movie. Oh, so much fun. So yeah, okay, only, cool. All right, awesome. Spartacus. Uh, so yeah. we only have four additions to the stacks, but they're pretty interesting ones, too. Okay. So first up is Running Out of Time. This is a Hong Kong action flick. Uh, by Johnny Toe. Okay. He is a hostage negotiator in a game of wits with this Hong Kong crime lord uh, called, I think, Le Marseillais or something. Or I might be mixing that up with another one with a crime lord <laughs> that I've okay. got on this list. Uh, but he's got weeks to live, so he's decided to just start a huge war with police. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, next up is Lolita. The Kubrick Lolita. Peter oh. Sellers in multiple roles. Based on the book, I take it? Yeah. So uh, Sellers is Humbert, as well as several other guys. 
it's it's weird. He makes him more villainous, but it's also more bumbling and ridiculous. So it is a comedy, and the joke oh. is on Humbert. It's very good, uh, but I have not watched it in quite some time. Okay, cool. Next up is Colt 38 Special Squad. This is the next one from the Years of Lead box. Uh, so this one's about... I, again, you know, crime apocalypse. You got a cop who's going after this crime boss who killed his wife. So he establishes this specialized group of motorcycle shotgun cops. Mm. And the crime boss is doing a mad bombing campaign. As you do. As you do. And cool. last edition, and this one's a doozy, it is a lesbian acid western in space. Okay, I'm picking that. I don't even need to know what the title is. <laughs> uh, this is, continuing further, this is directed by Bertrand Mandico, who you may remember from Wild Boys. This is his new oh movie. Oh my god, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's this teenager accidentally lets out, it's, it's an all-female world in space, and she accidentally lets out this dangerous murder from her space prison, so she and her mother have to go track this lady down. The killer's called Kate Bush for some reason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and after the 80s singer. Oh, man. That sounds amazing. <laughs> have yeah, have right? you seen it before? I have not. That's a new... It just came in uh, from the new order from Vinegar Syndrome uh, yesterday. Oh, well, you know what? I don't think we've ever done a... I don't think we've done one, like, at the very bottom of the list before. <laughs> we have, and I, I've been trying to, like, go to the top You of have the been list doing a lately. lot of new, older stuff, yeah. Yeah, just, you know, to get some of those off, some of those mm -hmm. ones that I've been ignoring to get them off of there. But let's, let's do this. Let's do After Blue, or whatever that one's called. Dirty yeah, pretty Paradise. hard. It's, yeah, After Blue, a.k.a. Dirty Paradise. Uh, I, I did kind of figure that this would actually be a pretty likely pick, which is why I didn't watch <laughs> it already. Uh, it looks pretty rad. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. All right. I'm stoked. OK, cool. So, I just saw the like this was a long one, too. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> I didn't even notice. It's going to be a hell of an episode next week. It should be. Uh, so you'll you'll have to <laughs> plan ahead a bit with the, the timing for that, I guess. Me plan ahead? I don't have the ability. We'll just figure it out. I guess we'll have to. <laughs> uh, okay, so any last thoughts for the week before we uh, finish off? Yeah, it's different because it's happening to me now. <laughs> you don't understand. It was me this time. Uh, let me just explain it again. <laughs> See, okay, so when it was you, it didn't matter. When it's me, it does. Yeah, something like that. I, I love this guy so much. Like, I, I really genuinely do love uh, 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 Logan. Logan 5. He, <laughs> it, he it's, makes it work. I, yeah, I, I really love him because he, he's trying so hard in, in a society that there has never been any reason for him to try hard. Mm -hmm. and, and he is heroic in the sense that he ultimately does make things better, even though he wasn't really intending to make things better when he set out to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and... Uh, as always, uh, I, I don't know, because I broke my ass this week. <laughs> I, I haven't gotten to this in the episode yet, but I 
fucking on a bunch of painkillers because I fell down the stairs and broke my ass. At least it wasn't an elevator shaft. It wasn't an elevator shaft. I stepped over my dog, who uh, is always at the top of the stairs. And, Did the dog uh, allow you to? Oh, the dog. I just feel like she'd get up and be annoying. Well, that's part of the issue is that the dog was oh, occupying the top of the of stairs and I stepped over and I had food. Uh, I, I had gotten some takeout and I was stepping over the dog and I hit the top step and I slid and I uh, slid down a bunch of steps and uh, landed real hard and bruised the shit out of my tailbone and uh, banged up my elbow and wrecked up my shoulder. So. Uh, yeah, that may have contributed to some of the mood of the evening. Uh, <laughs> hard to sit in any sort of reasonable way, so I've been kind of half sideways the whole night. It's a whole. Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> well, you did great. Uh, so yeah, thanks everyone so much for listening because I broke my ass.